0: Hey gang, this is Fillmore. Just letting you know that if you enjoy our podcast, quite frankly, a Howard Stern podcast, and you'd like to donate some money for the upkeep, uh, or you want to request certain clips, please donate to our Patreon page at patreoncom jimfix, That's jimfi double You can donate as much as you want for as long as you want. There is absolutely no obligation.
1: Honestly, I just thought you think it was kind of like funny. This chick's real into you, and then, like, hey, if you're really into her, I, you know what? I swear to you, I a stack of Bibles on my children's lives. My life, point is that I was don't... my thought. Okay, all right. Well, listen, I believe you uh, that, but I, 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 I don't. I don't to embarrass I know, you. I know
2: you believe in the Bible, and that, right. that means a lot. No, I said my children's <laughs> lives.
1: Oh. That's what I'm being greedy. No,
2: if you get a girl on the air who likes fat guys, I'll I'll yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll insult this guy who I say You're fat. I say is my friend on the air and go, can you believe this hot chick likes fat guys? I'll do my bro the gayest the fucking thing ever,
1: bro. the fuck says that? And uh, I do douchebag. I know.
2: Yeah. Is douchebag better?
1: Yeah, and you want to know something? I thought you were a bro.
2: Honestly. I don't want to be a bro. I don't even know what the fuck that means.
3: Why are you she... treating me
2: like I'm a shithead? I am what? not. I would
1: do this for any of my bros. This is dumb, bros.
3: This All right, Look, fuck
2: I'll... you. Look, I'll fuck you. <laughs> so leave your she doesn't want with... to just
1: fuck you. She's looking at me. <laughs> I don't businesses. want to date
2: her. And the whole... I was against the dial-a-date thing. And then that girl, she was a little bit older. She was, you know, uh, I don't know how much older, but definitely older. She, you know... Uh, was out in the professional world out there and um it was more of a woman just in the sense of of her life experience and I did I actually hit it off with that girl right. and I tried very hard to make that work and uh it turns out she had a boyfriend. <laughs> you know? so Howard uh, News found that she had a boyfriend, so I've been kind of burned going down this road before. I'm... Uh, You can say, i oh, will get in the studio and I'll get there and there'll be free food and I'll take some free food home to feed my kid who hasn't eaten in a week cause I cashed my check from Chuckles and Mineola to buy Coke from the guy on the L.I.E. who sells the oranges. <sighs> and- Levy picks her up and uh, plies her with drugs and gets her up here, and she's stoned out of her mind, and she goes, I like that guy, I like that guy's, Howard and Gary fall for it, like the suckers that they are, and they get her in here, and she's in a bikini, and I'm giving her my number, and Levy's outside getting free crumpets for the family. This. What if I strolled in a girl who's into geeky looking, I, pelican I cared, looking hot guy? I, I cared about you. And and she's got a fetish. She's into pelicans. Bring her in. And she's so so uh, saying I looks look like a pelican. Yeah, you're saying uh-huh. I'm fat. The you're whole funny. segment is about this hot chick somehow liking an obese, disgusting Fuck guy.
1: Fuck You're a fucking asshole. Welcome, everybody,
0: to the second installment of QF, a podcast about Howard Stern. We're doing part two of the um, bro fight, and we're going to go right into it. We hope you enjoyed the first one. And I'm here, of course, with Bob D and Sam.
3: Hi, guys.
0: Sam had a bitch of a day, but it's all right. She's back. She's healthy. And uh, it's uh, back to business as usual with this podcast. So. Uh, as we when we left off, we had just gotten through the wrap up segment of already destroying Bob Levy, and, mm-hmm. uh, and now uh, Howard's going to tell us about how back in the day his bros used to de- ha- deal each other chicks all the time. <laughs> I'm so
3: uh, I'm so happy to be here. I was like, thank God for this podcast because if my day ended with a flat tire and that was it, I was going to be really pissed.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh. And I use it for Listen, my friend here's what, here's what Pat, and my, and my friend admitting. Pat calls me a bro. So let me tell you something. Here's what you're not admitting. I'll be admitting. sure not to call you a bro because you're not a bro. And I am admitting the truth here. I did it out of friendship.
2: You're you're not admitting that it's suppo- that radio, was supposed
1: to make me look like a wrong. fat guy. I will never admit late, that. Bullshit. And it's,
2: it's I would do the it, same for myself. It's I'm embarrassing for me on the air, air and that's
1: what's entertaining Dude, about it. Dude, you've got it a hundred percent fucking okay, wrong. Fuck. If you,
3: I kind of. When he always says 100% and he does this often, mm-hmm. you know it means he's lying. I mean, he has some tells, but he mm-hmm. does this quite frequently. This 100% wrong, 100% I... incorrect, 100% yeah. anything means he's totally lying.
0: Well, mm-hmm. didn't he also say one time, uh, when anybody says, uh, can I be honest, that means they're about to lie? <laughs> hmm.
3: I'd say for some people, that's just maybe a quirk, but for yeah. him, it's a tell.
0: I think so, too. And also, and also, like he used to say, I could swear on my kids' lives. Uh, he doesn't give a shit about his kids' lives, so he doesn't really, you know, that means nothing. I swear to God. <laughs> He's not religious, so that means nothing. So all these swearings, like, why don't you swear on Ralph's, Ralph's fucking unit?
3: Well, you know, that, well, something of, that means of... something to you. Right. What kind of person has to swear on anything? Like if you're swearing on your kids' lives, that means you mu- your word must be such a piece of shit that you have to go to that depth <laughs> yeah. of swearing on such a sacred thing, like a human being, let alone one you're related to. What a yeah. dishonest fuck.
4: Swear on uh, Dom Buckwald's life. <laughs> Illinois
1: telling the truth. Exactly. I think that's my motivation in this.
3: What
2: if I strolled in a girl who's into geeky looking pelican I fucking about, hot I, guy? I, I cared about and, you. And and she's got a fetish. She's into yeah. pelican. Bring her in. And, so uh, she's sure. saying and that
1: the whole, whole, a pelican. Yeah, you're saying I'm you're, fat. You're the about, you're fat. The whole and segment like is about fat. The whole segment is about this hot chick
2: somehow liking an obese, disgusting fuck guy. Fuck
1: off. You're a fucking asshole. You're an asshole. And you better no, fucking see no your psychiatrist. Go take another tab of that shit that keeps you off heroin. Oh Jesus Christ! Go ahead,
0: Sam.
3: Bob. Bob? Opinion.
4: (laughs) I just the one thing that really sticks out to me is is Howard just went towards you know with the tab Mm -hmm. comment. Mm -hmm. It was just like man, the fucking the lowest level he could get to. You know, like right. I thought to be honest, I thought the Pelican comment was really light. I didn't really think it was that insulting. Like, I think. I think with Artie at this point, it was so established that he was the man there that everything that he said, like even Howard was a number two and like, you just saw the effect of whatever he would say to anyone there had so much more power than anyone else. You know, he's so influential and I think even that light of a comment, like even on Howard's own show, like it really bothered him. It hurt his feelings and he went, he went a pelican to like a heroin tab. They're not even in the same ballpark when you're tossing jabs back and forth. In my opinion. Sam?
3: I I think that you're right, like how it went to that level, but I thought it was it was fast, but it was incremental. It was fuck you, which is bad. So it went from, you know, completely cussing someone out like that which you know that says a lot about your personality too when you're saying you're actually making an argument what if i had a girl in here that's hurt my feelings so what if i brought somebody in here that likes geeky pelican looking guys wouldn't that make you feel bad and his yeah. reaction in his reaction is fuck you take another hmm. tab of that shit like so it's yeah uh,
0: it's cutting yeah, it,
3: off and then degrading right away
0: Right And mm-hmm. he's also not supposed to know that he's a on heroin and I didn't notice, and I never knew, and I didn't know how bad it was and you you knew you knew the whole fucking time and uh to go to go into that gutter right away just kind of yeah. shows you uh the level of well i guess n p d but really the level of uh rage, the narcissistic rage that comes out of yep. because he's he's attacked him physically i mean he's attacked him he's attacked attacked his looks physically it took
4: it took howard a second to catch up to what had happened because i think yes. this was kind of unprecedented you know Artie arty was to take whatever kind of abuse and that's sort of everybody's role in there and you never really give it back to howard not in any like meaningful way and i think that i think it took him a second to catch up and say wow he's going totally off script mm-hmm. and, and he's actually insulting me back and like I mean, it doesn't take much. You see it here with Narcissus. Again, I didn't think it was that brutal of a comment, the Pelican thing. I think that's a pretty light insult.
0: Except that both Robin and Fred laughed their asses off, mate. <laughs> you know, like almost immediately. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, go ahead, Sam.
3: Fred's laughs are like little <laughs> lampposts throughout this yeah. segment.
1: Totally. You need fucking it. can't I'm keep yourself it off. You're fucking baby. When was the last time yeah. Artie got something so wrong? I'm trying to remember the subject. Oh, no, it happens every day. Jeez. You're out of your fucking <laughs> mind. Time? I mean it. You owe me a big fucking fat apology. <laughs> oh, like podcast. me? Yeah.
2: Like a fat apology, like I'm fat? You owe oh,
1: me a big fat my, apology. Fat, uh, from you point out man. my physical you're flaws full of every shit. day. Come on, you're full of shit.
2: The point of that segment was Artie's fat.
1: No, I'm a fat because I called you a bro. Well, you know what, man? You're off the bro list. Good. Just... <laughs> <laughs> this was used later on. I think he, said he was fighting with Gary.
0: It's, it's, he said something like, well, clearly Gary's still on the bro list, so I can't trust anything he says. Sam? Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah I was just going to say I think that's part of this segment. But I like how Artie is so proficient at arguing and, and uh, nuanced humor and also argumentative humor that he picks up on Howard's vocabulary. He uses verbiage throughout this argument to throw it back in his face in a really oh, yeah. creative and funny way. Howard mm-hmm. can't compete like that because he's no. adult, and he doesn't think outside the box.
4: No. yeah. Who, who feeds him those lines, like the big, fat apology? Where do you think that those was come from?:
0: That was him. That was organic, a hundred percent. Because all he was so? thinking was, because the thing was on his mind: "You fat fuck, you fat fuck." And all of a sudden, fat's always on his mind. Exactly, <laughs> and yeah. Well, that that too. Yeah, where this this one's too fat. She's got to be skinnier. Meanwhile, she looks like she just escaped fucking Treblinka, This the model that just came in, but um, yeah. So he's got fat fuck on his mind. So that's the the adjective that comes out, and mm-hmm. also he's so he's so uncreative. Um, and he's, de- there's no Jackie, they're throwing him lines, it's not like Benji's throwing him lines, but he does need someone to write for him. Mm. You know, and if they're not, so he needs a verbal tutor, he needs a camera tutor, he needs, you know, uh, you know, painting tutor. If he doesn't have someone directing his every movement, he's lost. That's why you see him all these, um, you know, talk show appearances. It's oh. bluster, you know, it's never, uh, let me listen to what you've got to say and then I'll respond because, mm-hmm. I, 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 you No, I don't want to have to go off script. If I can just unload this horse shit and kill time, I won't ever have to think about anything.
1: Lots Who wants of people to be on the, on the bro list? You're not on it. I don't want to be on You're it. You're not on it. <laughs> I don't care if it. You're I'm off. On. Believe me.
2: I don't care if I'm on
0: Doesn't he sound like Ray right there? Believe me. Mm. Yeah, L- not listen on the bro, bro list. Yeah, not you? on my bro list. In, in You're RD making
3: says.
5: Mental. he's just kind
4: of gray rocking he's like I don't care and so he keeps repeating it until Artie <laughs> cares and Artie just doesn't he's like okay okay that's fine that's fine he keeps
0: saying it because it's a gay list anyway <laughs> it is
3: it is such a trivial fight when you think about it like you, you're not, you're not on my best friends list when I'm in third grade in my diary like exactly. you didn't make the list Totally. I didn't write your name on my textbook. So exactly. I'm crossing it out.
0: Why didn't loser. I get a val why didn't I get a Valentine from you?
3: On anybody's bro. You know bro, is
1: such a, a weird term to you because you've never heard it before. I've heard it before. Maybe it's because you got no bros. You're
2: right. I have no There's bros. There's a lot of guys I know who I, I think have of a like friend. a brother.
1: And one of them is Pat Minakia, and the other one of them, who I refer to bro, is my friend Dr. Lou. Well, I'm sure and, you're and very friend. good
2: friends with him. Would you stroll in? I don't in? call style, Dr. bro. Lou, what I don't know what Dr. Lou looks like, but if he had some odd thing about his look, would you stroll in somebody here and go? A girl wrote me a girl. letter. Said I'm a.
0: Okay, yeah, go ahead, Sam.
3: And now that you said that Valentine comment, all I have in my head is that scene from Billy Madison when he's in third grade and he keeps getting the Valentines and he opens the one up from Principal Anderson and it says, Billy, I want you. P.S. I'm horny.
4: <laughs> I, th- I think it's funny that Howard just keeps, it's like quicksand, like the more he tries to explain this fucking gay bro concept the more like just retarded he looks like I know. he starts he starts listing off who's on the bro list who gives a fuck who's on the bro list like <laughs> his, no one gives trainer shit
0: his trainer <laughs> that he pays and a guy he went he's like elementary school friend I mean, okay, I I do have elementary school friends, but um, most of my friends are, you know, when you got older and you started, like, high school and beyond, actually, and and more recently. But he's got literally, I don't know, Lou Weinstein. Is he really hanging out with Dr. Lou? Of course not. Anyway, sorry. Go Um, go ahead, ahead, Sam.
3: No, why are you saying sorry? Sorry. Um, I'm not going to say the word that starts with an E and ends in a Y friend, but (laughs) you made fun of elementary elementary I said okay (laughs) because I always get shit every time
0: you don't it's all right
3: but I do think it's so funny how he inflects maybe it's because you don't have any bros like he even tries to (laughs) say it in a way that tries to be even cooler because he's realizing it's not working so then he tries to do it in a way like yeah man maybe you don't have any bros like what did you watch bring it on before you (laughs) before you came in studio or he's mean like girls. Out. Fucking loser. Yeah.
0: The other thing is, he knows over the years, Artie has talked about friends that he's had over the years so he's grown up, and he's talked about like, I would trust these people with my life. These yes. are guys that I grew up with. We all grew up the same way, whatever, and I could trust them with just about anything. And it's true, he does have friends. He does have people that care about him. And I think Wig actually is jealous of him in that sense.
1: Attracted to Artie. I'm attracted to heavy set men. That's what she said. Right. So you turned and it I into eye said- fat. You turned it into fat. No, you, you said did. fat discussion. I'll play your words on the wrap up. The name, of the, a, the the name of the
2: segment was it's, it's a chick who's into fat. You yeah, know what? I can tell you right you're now, fat, I'll, Artie. I'll print out what we wrote yesterday, and it's not what's written on yeah, the screen. Yeah, I can. I, you're clearly on the bro no, list, and no, no, I can't but, trust <laughs> <laughs> anybody.
1: Can, can oh, fuck you, man. Howard, Artie can I mean, it's <laughs> so great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love See, Artie might have been in the throes of heroin addiction or get trying to stay off of it, but in this particular case he's clean you can you can hear it in his voice he is completely sober uh whether he's getting off of the high is another matter but um and where he's on so whether he's on subutex or suboxone or whatever but he's un- unfettered and he when you get him in that set, in that state there's no one can match him like in terms mm. of uh just you know the war of words
3: i you agree know, say- Bob, where in NPD right now in this argument is Howard's head Complete
5: when this is occurring?
3: Okay.
4: Complete rage. Mm-hmm. Any like slight or any little small like you see how sensitive they are. Like even the smallest thing. There, there's a term narcissistic rage, mm-hmm. and it's basically whenever they experience any sort of blow to the false self and. Anytime something goes off script, they just go into this uncontrollable rage. Like I I guarantee, he's so much more upset than he's even letting on now, Mm -hmm. and that's why he's not backing down. They're like, they're they're trying to laugh it off. He's like, no man, fuck you. Like he's he's really upset.
0: And so Gary's coming in because you figure he knows exactly which way Howard's going to go because of so many years together, and he needs to sort of try to ease the situation, perhaps.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And make his lone life a little better by not having to hear Howard bitch to him afterwards. But fuck, Artie, fuck this. Don't ever fucking do that again. Because Gary yeah. doesn't want to deal with Howard's shit either. Sam?
3: No, once he <laughs> leaves the studio and the show is over. Mm-hmm. And he had the narcissistic rage. And this whole thing happen, Which mm-hmm. overlapped more than just this initial episode, by the way. Yep. Yep. But... What does he do then all day long around the people he has to interact with? Does this affect him?
4: That's a very oh, yeah. good question. Man. Absolutely. And <clears throat> he's going to start putting people in a lot of bad situations and start making people take sides, pit each other. He might be thinking about some kind of long-term plan to maybe get i mean this is this is especially how covert narcissists operate that's why you know the term it's another reason why the term covert is a part of it is they operate in very uh background uh covert manners so people are gonna feel this and just like you know you were just saying like gary might have come in because he's like (sighs) Howard's going to put me in a bad situation over this. Probably that that might have been what he was thinking. And he's got somewhat of a rapport with Artie. And uh, yeah, I think he went in to kind of smooth it over. But yeah, this affected Howard for many days. Like people that have this. Oh, yeah. To to this day, like Mm -hmm. they don't people don't understand, like these people don't let shit go. Like they're just as upset a year later as they are the moment that it happened.
3: Unless you're a celebrity,
0: (laughs) yeah. Well, exactly. Artie years later said he knew he had crossed a line. I don't think he had the. I don't think he knew exactly that it wouldn't be the same again. But I think in his heart he absolutely knew. Like Mm -hmm. you, you can you can walk some of this back, but uh, he's never going to look at Howard the same. And at this point, this is after after this point. I think he really said fuck the show. Mm-hmm. In, in every in every aspect like i'll do my job i'll be funny and i'll do whatever i have to do to get through this but i really don't like being here anymore yeah that's and it, you can kind of tell And so uh, the addiction just gets worse and worse from here on in mm-hmm. so let's continue guys
1: Really, fuck you, you. you. That's insulting. Me? You're questioning oh, my dude, motives. I mean, come on. Will you be honest with yourself being right now? I'm 100% honest. I knew it just to do me a favor yeah. and get me laid. I, I, no, my goal was A, it was interesting to see if Artie would be attracted to you. It's interesting to see
2: a hot chick into a fat guy. No. That's what's interesting. What, every about. girl
1: who came in. Listen, I hooked Fred up.
2: Was he a fat guy? No, but that's a totally different story. That was a dial a date. I don't know what Fred's situation was. I don't know.
0: So he, yeah, Sam, you're going to say, I know exactly where you're going to go. Go ahead.
3: He didn't hook Fred up. Fred hooked him up by going on because the guy who was supposed to do the dial-a-date pulled out. So Fred did one for the team and ended up fucking the first breathing person who was a groupie of the Howard Stern show. Let's be honest. And now it turns into, oh, I hooked my bro Fred up. You were pissed that Fred did the dial-a-date because then he was late the next day. And then you couldn't harass Allison, who didn't want to be known that she fucked Fred on the first date.
0: That's right. And it wasn't also a fetish contest. It was just literally, let's go like there's these three, you know, pick one of these girls and whatever. And, and it happened the way, it, the way it did happen. Artie's thing was completely contrived and based on nothingness except Bob Levy. And again, guys, that's part of a section that we didn't go through. Cause that's when she comes in, Bob Levy, Levy later comes in and then he tries to defend himself. And we may do that one. Sam and I might do that one as a sort of, um, um, like a, an afterthought to the companion piece to this one but it's actually pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, Sam, sorry. And cool.
3: none of it and none of it is about being a bro either in either situation by the way. So, <laughs> I don't know why he keeps like referring to himself like he's doing some sort of friendly gesture for either of them. He isn't.
0: Just gaslighting. Mm-hmm. It already knows it. You can, you can hear him right now. He's about to go into it, right, Bob? Yes, he
4: is. Yeah.
5: They, think it.
3: about real quick what if what if we had like more room in our brains for things that weren't related to this like listen to our memories for this stuff
0: well i mean i mean it's it's like you can remember lyric well do you remember lyrics from songs it's kind of the same thing because if you've heard certain clips over and over again you just retain them Seen movies over and over again same thing
3: i guess
0: so just listen to books on tape about uh, uh, you know Kierkegaard and uh, you know
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: philosophers. You know, and then you'll do the same thing. You get a Ph.D. in no time.
1: Who marched mm. in here was into fat guys? Wait, no, what? the girls were into Artie. and, Arty and I said, brought him in as a brotherly thing. And Fred, and, uh, did yeah, you, you ask, Fred? Did you, you
2: ask for a dial date, or was you know you just what sort it of was? Giving...
1: Oddly enough, ironically enough, fat girl dial
2: didn't show up that morning. And we and, had I, and, I, we
1: and I, I volunteered to go on dial to save and the segment. Did we, did we and did it, did it, and it totally date. was an accident you know, that I mean, anything you happened. You might think that I did it because your self-esteem is so fucking low, but I did it because I would do it for anybody who was a major player on the show.
0: So Fred has already torpedoed it. He said it was an accident that anything happened. It was just fluke. He didn't directly. He's he's already trued. He's already, you know, put the the uh, the bomb on Howard's bullshit story. That you know, I, I hooked Fred up. He didn't hook mm-hmm. him up. You had nothing. The only thing you had to do with it, you provided the place where something could happen. That's it. The rest is up to Fred and obviously Allison.
3: But Sam? Howard won't let him torpedo it because right. he talked right over him louder, yep. turned yep. him down, potted him down a bit. And he Mm -hmm. said, talked right over that, because he caught that, but he won't let that be known. He won't let that point settle.
0: Yeah. Gaslighting 101, guys. They wrote a letter to
1: Robin... Wrote a letter to Fred, if they wrote a letter to me, yeah, if they we wrote a letter and to one. And, and I've had tons of chicks come in here and I go, How could a chick be into me, man? I'm fucking ugly. So uh thanks for referring to me as a pelican fuckface, face. And no, I'll tell you no. something else. Well okay, thanks for referring
2: to me as a fat obese every single day. Of I your do life. I do not. That's bullshit. <laughs> yes you do. I do not. <laughs> yes you do. You do. No, you do, Howard. All right. Oh yeah, you yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't talk about how much you weigh. You, and you don't talk about your looks?
0: <laughs> it does start to get really childish around this point. Sam's Sam's mouth's wide open. Uh, <laughs> Why? Why Sam?
3: <laughs> every time Please. I get to certain parts of every time I, I don't care how many times I hear it, I'll either yeah. laugh the same amount or I'm always equally as um a gas, I guess, like of how how um Howard just he argues with Artie in such a way that's so awful like it's so nasty like he said pelican one thing and now it's fuck face fat 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 um tab of hair I mean tab of that shit it's just non-stop avalanche of degrading he said one thing and now he's not even saying anything he's just calling him out for constantly referring to his weight and heart already comes back don't you talk about your looks all the time which hello if anyone's listens to the show that's not why is that bad that's the truth
0: yeah mm-hmm. well well that that's the worst thing you can say to a narcissist i suppose the truth
4: yeah that's exactly right and i think this is just really showing how much it wasn't out of a brotherly thing like if it was you go man i didn't know you were going to take it this way like if i really upset one of my friends even if I was giving them shit and it was like, oh, I didn't like, dude, I really didn't know it was going to affect you like this. Like, I, I apologize. That's how you would treat someone that you think about and respect. Mm-hmm. Someone sure. Someone that you don't respect, you start calling them fuck face and go suck on tabs because you can't deal with life. I mean, that's fucking brutal shit. That's something I'd say to someone I have absolutely no respect for. Oh, yeah. Not yes. a brother. So, Bob, do
3: you think. Now how Fillmore said after this, it probably flipped Artie to just be like, I'm done. But do you think maybe or maybe not, Howard was also at sort of a tipping point with Artie and their relationship because of his fan favoriteness, but he also saw the drug addiction going on. Yes, he pretended not to see it. Do you think if it... Do you think he was also at some sort of tipping point or he just didn't care how insane Artie was acting and was going to ride this to the wheels (laughs) fell off?
4: I think I mentioned in the last one that part of what kicked this whole thing off is what people with MPD will do to get you to change your behavior is they'll sort of attract a lot of attention to what they they don't like and they'll sort of attract a lot of abuse. And it'll be very indirect. And I think that Howard was, Howard was very aware that Artie was instrumental in him getting paid. And instrumental in the success of this show. And so I think Howard at this point not being able to control him, definitely he would have started to resent him. And he would have started to hit a, uh, a breaking point because he's looking at it probably like, this guy's reckless behavior is fucking with my money. Is, is you know that basic so what they do like even these segments and all this stuff bringing uh, you know an abusive dialogue to his weight bringing an abusive dialogue to his drug problem bringing an abusive dialogue to his gambling issues over mm-hmm. time over time and that's what co- i think what caused Artie to just say fuck this that's that's where that's the point a lot of people who suffer abuse from these people reach is it, it's just it becomes so constant that the only way that they're getting communicated to by the abusers is just through constant abuse all the time about everything
0: so <clears throat> sorry sam go ahead and i have some yeah
3: well don't you think the we- way howard brings up his looks in a self-deprecating way is a lot different than the way Artie's weight is discussed on the show like he acts like Artie's saying he talks about how fat he is yeah because you bring it up yeah like it's not it's not the way howard brings up his looks
4: but howard doesn't want to actually he doesn't want you to actually think he's ugly you know like that's how narcissists (laughs) even even in their self-deprecating they don't. They secretly want you to think that they're good looking or they secretly want you to think, you know, whatever is stuff with his dick. Like they want you to think those things, even though they're acknowledging it in a certain way, like they don't actually want that. That's why he's getting plastic surgery and all that bullshit and the fucking wig and the whole nine. Like he wants to see still wants people to think that he's good looking. (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's why photoshopping the adam's apple out of his his picture well this is the this is the thing do you think with Artie, just as i guess let's play a little let's get put get on the chair the uh put him on the psychoanalyst couch do you think also the when Artie started getting uh, not wade but um when he they gave him the beds to sleep on and kind of you know recorded him sleeping on the air do you think at that point Artie was also like fuck you this i'm just gonna sleep on the air anyway and i have it's a, a groucho Marx type thing i don't want to be a member of a club that would have me as a member and, and mm-hmm. or do you think it was do you think it was to that point just addiction and just he was, addiction. It?
4: addiction
0: just okay addiction. all yeah. right so you don't think it was a conscious like i'm gonna fuck <laughs> off on the job because i think there was a little of that near the end especially like no. let's let's i can get away with just about anything until he couldn't
3: I honestly think that people that are into heroin really don't, they might, you might think they have control, but they don't.
4: Mm -hmm. No, they don't at all. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, Let's continue. I do. Yeah, right. Okay. So now you have to attack me because they said you're attacking attacking you. You're attacking me. You attacked me. You called me a jerk for doing that for you. So I'm just saying, I'm not going to be a jerk anymore. I'm not going to do anything for you. Fine. Do whatever.
0: This is where Robin could have just said, oh, I'm sorry. My bad. He never said that. So there are right up, right up, because there's 20 minutes of this, this thing has gone on so far based on her lie. And we're not even done. <laughs> Sam?
3: Oh, now I'm so happy that we did the Sally segment because now I feel a little <laughs> bit satisfied that Robin got yelled at to her face for over yes. an hour on Sally. So yeah. oh, I'm okay with this now. Like, I'm not as mad as I will be. So you know what, Phil, more good on you for like walking me into this. I'm not as rageful <laughs> towards Robin. <laughs>
1: Someone had to do it. What the fuck, you got to do. Good. Do Artie's got to do what Artie's got to do. Even even. I did And you know, I uh, sorry, I called you a bro because I felt close to you. But fuck off. <laughs>
2: You're not close. <laughs> We're not friends. We're not I work with you every Why? day and to you. We work together. you know what?
1: You, you know what? It makes me feel close to you. You're somebody who helps my show. You're somebody who works with me. We have a good time. And so this is
0: this this made me fucking furious when I first heard this. You you make me, you make me feel like you're close to me. You're someone who helps my show. What does one thing have to do with a fucking personal relationship? I've never gone have... to work with a coworker and say, man, you're my bro. You teach next to me. And you know, we are, we are in the fucking trenches together. I would go to war with you anytime. Like, no, you're a coworker. There's a very big difference. You sign my paychecks, that kind of thing. There's, there's, you know, the delineation, you can be work, friends and work together if you're equals, but you can't be a subordinate boss and really be friends. I don't think in any, cause there's the power dynamic is constantly imbalanced. So mm. I think it's very rare for a boss and an employee to actually be friends outside of work and there not be some kind of, well, you know, he is the boss. I have to kowtow a little. So well, that, Sam?
3: that's, that's the difference is Howard is saying this on the same level playing field while he's in control of his money already knows he's vastly underpaid of
1: and course.
3: that's got to eat him up, but he can't say that he should say that. I wish he would have said that you, oh, yeah. you underpay me a hundred percent, but like you can be friends with a coworker. I, one of my best friends works with me and yeah. We became friends through work, but we're on the same level. We're on the that's same playing field. Exactly. And she's not my superior.
0: Right. But in this well, case, Howard is. But well, go ahead. Go ahead, Bob.
4: I what I what's really interesting that's happening here is like Artie is just completely Artie's always been very vocal about not liking phony people. It's something I've heard heard him bring up quite a bit. Yeah. And, and I, I can just relate to that. So, you know, like, there's certain scenarios, especially professionally, there's just going to be a, a degree of that. But, like, it's just, like, already hit this breaking point with this phoniness. And, like, that's what the the narcissistic kind of nucleus is. It's just all this phoniness. Like, all these, like, fake relationships. And it's, like, here he's, like, really unveiling like going against the dialogue just saying howard i know you have this narrative about we're all friends we're not friends like like and this is something that howard has really fostered a lot of this image of like i take my employees out i see them out but he's already just like completely you know emperor's new clothes like howard we're not friends i'm not even gonna do that bullshit line right now we're just not
3: I think for a lot of audience members, this was a turning point for them because once Artie revealed the Emperor had new clothes to his face, a mm. lot of audience members also saw that. Now, they may have stood for the ride a bit longer, but a lot of them, mm. after Artie left, dropped off because mm. of that reason. There was no one giving it to Howard anymore
0: no yeah it was the the soul of the show was really gone like the heart and soul yeah. was really hearty and when he left it died a piece of that died and then people were just kind of by habit by rote sticking with the show and hoping for something but it was completely neutered i'm,
2: in the I'm, the, I'm so proud, proud to be brotherly. a part of this show for the rest of my life
1: so and and that I, would make that you my make bro that doesn't make us
2: friends
1: that makes me you want to you know something i'm shocked to hear you say you don't think you're my friend
2: well how friends.
1: What, what do we do that would indicate a friendship? We spend five fucking hours together in each other's head on the air together. I allow maybe three or four people in this world to do that.
0: Interesting choice of words. I allow. Go ahead, uh, Sam.
3: When you're shocked by something, do you say it like that? I'm shocked to hear you say that. Or is that more of some sort of rehearsed speech in your head that you're going to use... Just as fodder for the argument to win a it's win- point.
0: It's window dressing. Bob? I yeah, I don't know.
4: I, I don't know where he is it, with these comments. I mean, Howard might have actually thought they were friends, because I don't think Howard has a reference point for what an actual <laughs> friend is. <laughs> all, his, all his friends are employees, so he might have thought they were really good friends, you know. I don't know. He might genuinely be
0: surprised by this
3: who's your robin when she goes who's your friend Beth. that's your wife my psychiatrist you <laughs> pay like, him I,
0: you pay him well but my agent you pay him too ralph you pay him he goes right i don't yeah. trust anybody i don't pay
3: this is and she goes oh this is sad it,
0: it was and actually he did the same thing to seinfeld years ago i've got the clip somewhere not too many years ago where he said uh, do you have anybody you uh, confide in he goes you don't mean like a psychiatrist <laughs> and jerry, jerry, me just, sorry jerry just kind of went um no you know yeah, like a fr- you know the a dinner yeah
3: when so... he goes it was the most loving thing anyone has done for me take you out to dinner to talk about your career i mean that just sounds like you know normal life and friends he really you're right bob he might have been he might have been shocked.
4: He might <laughs> well, have, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he needs like Michael uh, Scott uh, syndrome.
0: Just recently <laughs> he just recently he interviewed um uh was not Wolfgang Van Halen, but um the one yesterday what was it? Not it wasn't Sarah Silman. Oh Elton John. Elton John oh. just recently the interview, and I gotta go through it myself because it sounds like a complete like it sounds like tw- 20 trains hitting each other. Um Like, I think I posted something like, Elton, please tell me about your experience with your father growing up so I can study it and learn how to emote like a regular human. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of his interviews are like that. Let me take notes. When someone buys you dinner, what did you do?
3: (laughs) It is. It's like, like,
0: uh, what was was the one uh, Brad Pitt, meet Joe Black? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: And I remember seeing that like, I think you have to be a little older to see that. I remember falling asleep in the movie theater when I was 13 in that movie
0: piece of shit (laughs) It's based on this Jimmy Stewart film Death Takes a Holiday, but I haven't seen that. Um, At any rate, let's continue.
1: Maybe it's not so typical friends. I don't sit there and fucking <laughs> enable you to drink and shit. But at least you know maybe those are your friends. But the fact of the matter is, I sit here every morning and share my livelihood with you because I think you're a great guy and a fun guy and a guy I want to hang with for. Sam, I, that's yeah, not even true. That.
3: That's not even true. That I I don't like. I don't sit and drink. I don't drink with you. What are you talking about? Have you seen any of the Vegas shows on Howard on Demand? I mean, sure. what is he talking about? He loves when Artie him. gets drunk. He spent I, the first I... three years plying him with alcohol like a college kid.
0: But listen to the the, the language used. I share my livelihood with you. <laughs>
3: uh,
0: in other words, again, we're back down to fucking nickels and dimes with this, this cocksucker. I'm oh, so... No it's like yeah, exactly. Like you know, I mean, I sign your fucking paycheck, you know, we are friends. You know, I, I know this because because <laughs> I yeah, I, I see this the, I see the you know the, the the memo section of the check every week. Go ahead, Sam.
3: He is. He's Ebenezer Scrooge and Bob Cratchit's like, "Well, I was just thinking, can I have off for Christmas tomorrow? Can I put a piece of coal on the fire?" And he's like, "What a waste." <laughs> like, I
0: <laughs> God, we've used that I, analogy for so many times that there's so many that fit,
3: but they're all negative. It's so true. And in, in Howard's case, he woke up from the dream, did not buy the turkey. <laughs> Diney Tim died. And Bob Cratchit's miserable. He changed
0: the log. He changed the logs, yeah, Bob.
4: well, the the funny thing here for me, too, is, He took every all the momentum Howard was building in that argument, already completely undercut it when he goes. So are you Benji's friend? Because everyone knows, like, there's no there's no
0: relationship there at all. Like, and it's the same exact scenario. You're you're right. The logic the logic being that everybody you work with, you're a friend. Oh no, of course not. And then real and realistically, and I think other people have said this. I'm sure somebody else has said this. Some Point in time. Part of the appeal of Artie was he was allowing Howard to get into Hollywood a bit and he could live vicariously through Artie's Rescue Me and when he was mm-hmm. doing, um, you know, whatever gigs he would get here and there. Um, and when he would do, you know, stand up shows with people, he sort of allowed Howard access to a, a, a whole different circle of people that he wouldn't normally hang out with anyway. But the the comic circle, and when people would get make it and come into you know the studio, other comics, that that kind of he fed off of Artie in that sense as well. It wasn't just for the mm-hmm. show. So the other stuff, peripherally, like Artie knows mm-hmm. a famous, person, now I know that person as well. So mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean it was just a vampire fucking relationship. Mm-hmm. So. Let's continue.
1: Five hours a day. How many of your so-called good friends you hang with five hours a day? I don't Zero. work with them. We work together. So what? You does can't be friendly spend, with some. people who spend eight hours a day you you with You can't people. feel close to somebody you work with?
2: Sure, I feel close to you in a sense that, you know, I no, you and you and, and uh, I think you're a good person, but I don't consider us the closest of friends. I no. didn't say we're the
1: closest Nobody of friends. Bosom.
0: Okay. So far so good.
1: Buddies. I said well, you're that's my bro. What he's sort of saying. We're comrades really? in this. We work hard together. We're on the same team. I you get know what that. football players think of each other in brotherly ways. They get on the field and they fight together as men. We've been through a lot of battles together at this point. You've thrown in with so me. Why would you You've thrown question... your career in with me and you question my fucking motive when Why would you a question well, you can't question my you. motives on the air. And you question my motives. you say I'm not your bro. I'm not a...
0: Okay, Sam.
3: This is a total erroneous analogy to compare football players that work on as a team that fight another team. I I am not seeing the analogy within this. Plus they practice together. They each have their own part. They're paid accordingly. And the person who's the quarterback on the team, their contract isn't negotiated based on what Howard wants to give you, you know, like, uh, Tom Brady isn't negotiating the contract for his running back. It just no, it doesn't isn't. make any fucking sense. That analogy that's enraging to me.
0: Yes, I knew if it was a football thing, you'd definitely step in, Bob.
3: <laughs>
4: I I might be totally you know out of my league on this, but what battles? What Howard <laughs> always talks about these battles. I don't know what battles he's referring to. I've heard them just bully oh. smaller, you know, shows, well, but he's
0: going to talk about the FCC bullshit, and oh, you stood by my side with the FCC and you know, oh, you stood by my side but, when the, you know what's... they were trying to look what well yeah, there were no battles. It was Here, like he was a grid uh, here's, here's
3: the battles that they could have gotten into with Opie and Anthony. If you really wanted to get in a battle, motherfucker, you exactly. should have went head to head with the guys that were the most that were second place. That could have surpassed you if you would have given them the opportunity to, but you didn't even let them. You cut them off at their knees because you're a pussy. That so... would have been
4: a battle. That would have that been would a have battle. Been. Like, and I'm yeah. just sitting here like, oh, the the FCC. So you you paid the fine like, and kind of teased them. If I get a speeding ticket and I pay it, I didn't get in a battle with the police. <laughs> like, I, I paid my ticket.
0: But I all of a sudden, Bob's. Bob is easy. Go ahead, Sam.
3: But is that part of an NPD thing to like think in his head that these it, things are it, actually battles?
4: It is. Like that's that's kind of what I you know that that's what I think of when I hear this because you hear how small of a slight Artie gave him <laughs> and how it turned into this thing and they they create these battles and they. But it's like so much in their mind, and you're just like, dude, you're you're perceiving something that isn't there. This isn't like a calculated attack where the guy's trying to take over your show, and you're get you're getting in a battle with them, and. This this is just your perception because you're overly sensitive,
5: right? And so
4: sometimes I wonder, like, when I, I've just heard this narrative of these battles for so long, and it's just you really start to wonder how much of those really were battles. How much were these people really, like, how were they really after him? Like, what sorts of things were they actually doing in reality? And how much of this was just his his skewed perception from being so overly sensitive?
3: I I agree with you. That's an interesting angle. And like, if we really thought about it, I'm sure we would see how skewed it is. Also, I, if we don't stop it every three seconds, listen to how an NPD person argues. If you don't stop it, they start snowballing into this. Like, okay, so now we're, you know, it's, we're fucking, you know, it's the it's a football narrative. And then we're, we're bros. And now look at all these things we did together. And he's spinning this tale of bullshit right in front of our faces, right in front of Artie's face. Where then all of a sudden it lands on you. How do you even respond to that? That's why wow. it's kind of almost impressive that Artie is gray rocking him and doing what he's doing. Because I would be like, whoa, 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 what, what? Artie's just
4: <laughs> telling the truth. We're and not friends. I think, friends?
0: <laughs> I think you guys. Something you said earlier <clears throat> might have been in the previous episode, Bob. I think you're correct. It's not like so. This is predicated on two lies. Two, two well, not two lies, but one. Just one thing: the the Pelican comment. But before that, the jerk jerk comment that never happened. So. He, Howard's spinning this in his head, jerk, pelican, jerk, pelican, jerk, pelican. But I think at the heart of it, you're right. It really is about control and losing control of Artie and Artie Mm -hmm. being able to exercise more autonomy than he's supposed to, he allowed to be have, to able to have on a show that Howard's the fucking King. So Artie in this, all of a sudden he's torpedoed a segment, which ended up being entertaining anyway, Mm -hmm. um, just by being annoyed. And then by talking, oh, that was the third thing when he said, "bros," the fucking gayest thing ever. And <laughs> and it, it just, it was like a needle, it was like a burr under Howard's saddle. And oh, yeah. um, that's really why I wanted to do that that gen segment because the genesis of the bro fight is just as interesting in a lot of ways because you hear the whole, the framework uh, completely. And then the rapper show afterwards where he explains the, that that the previous dial a date thing was complete bogus and that the girl and I'll put, I'll put the website on, she has a website that girl, Stephanie, who was half Mexican, half Irish or whatever that he went out with. And they had mm-hmm. Howard TV going the date with, she just had pictures of meeting Howard and meeting pictures of RD. And she was just a star fucker back in the day. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he, you had to feel like, fuck this. My life is not on display for the entire world every single moment for him to make fucking 60 million a year, 100 million a year. And yeah. I'm here scratching my fucking ass. And by the way, Bob, I found a wrap up show caller, one of my favorites who called multiple times. But this one call, he says, I think Howard Howard's underpaying the entire staff and should be looking to give people more money so that they don't have to go on the fucking road. Exactly what you said. Give already a bit more cash. Then you don't have to worry about his well-being. He doesn't have to go make these money and lose sleep. And uh work like nocturnal hours because you you can't be uh you know uh, generous enough mm. Sam
3: I don't know if that would have changed r d s addiction, but it definitely would have helped if he didn't have to do those road gigs Absolutely. right yeah. uh I also think too for the n p d arguing point already is trying to keep it to the fight about this one specific thing it is it something with npd people where they have to just tornado a bunch of things that have nothing to do with it now it's you're bringing up the validity of your friendship where mm-hmm. we're going to spin into how we were somehow you know comrades together on a sports team analogy i mean <laughs> it's it, to me it's just like wait can we can we just get down to what we were talking about because that makes sense this what you're doing i don't know what this is like
4: well yeah the the first thing they, they want to do is they want to switch it they always want to turn the table so that they become the victim so that's kind of their first motivation whatever angle they can wind up there through even if it is completely unrelated um they're going to try to accomplish that first and foremost And any. So let's say he's wrong here. He'll take it to another area where he can flip it and become the victim. And they will do that because they, they they like to like they, they like to associate concepts, you know, just like what you guys played with Robin and yeah. the, the pianist. Like <laughs> they, everyone knows that he was talking about Robin. But, like, yeah. they associate those concepts so that they can actually be saying one thing without saying it. You know, it's all, again, plausible deniability. And the the other thing I want to comment on when he's talking about football players, if you're talking about professional sports, like, a lot of those guys aren't friends. They, they get paid <laughs> and they go home. Not everybody yeah. on the Blackhawks hangs out after, a game. you know, there's... Guys yeah. from other countries. They don't even speak the language. They just go back home. So. Yeah, it's
3: not the Denzel Washington movie. It's not Remember the Titans.
4: <laughs> exactly. And just more of his him <laughs> being naive.
0: Any given Thursday. Um, yes, I know I made that on said that on purpose, guys. Um also if you wanted a sports analogy, <laughs> Sam just realized that it, it ties into your um goldfinger uh, no what do you call it? Uh what was Goldeneye? Um <laughs>
5: Oh yeah. <they're,
0: laughs> they were Howard and Howard his gold finger and um, Artie was odd job carrying the caddy on the golf course, <laughs> going all <"Aw>, all, <aw." laughs> like he was doing the heavy lifting. If you want to talk mm-hmm. battle, you're like Howard. Howard's the commander. Yeah. He's like, I'd, I'd like to go out with you guys, but they need me here at the base. <laughs> so even even speaking,
4: even speaking about Opie and Anthony, I, I remember a story when Opie and Artie were both in the same yeah, bathroom they were in with each bathroom. other and Artie tried to be nice to Opie, and Opie's like, get the fuck away from me. You know, like, it really escalated. But mm-hmm. when Howard saw Anthony out of that poker tournament, he was really kind and polite to him. You know, like, yeah, I don't know.
0: Well, I think because Howard's essentially a fucking pussy, what he might yeah, tell yeah. you on the air is, I told him to fuck off. I said, fuck you, fuck you and, and Opie and fuck that show, whatever. But meanwhile, yeah. he's like, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir. But Anthony, Anthony Cumia would be a guy to say, well, like he would be a chill guy anyway, I'm sure. Aside when, you know, it's yeah. not, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> tweeting the racist shit on Twitter and, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> having problems. Domestic problems. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of work, like he, he, he has confidence in his own abilities to be a broadcaster and is not afraid to go head to head with anybody. That's what it takes to be someone in your own, in your particular field and have the will to succeed no matter what. Howard Mm. has had, he's had so much help being propped up for so many decades and still does with even hobbies, endeavors. So it's, it's, uh, yeah. Sorry, Bob.
4: again going back to this what are the the battles because from what i can see you've had a lot of yeah just just a lot of easing into very high positions that you've been propped up you have amazing agents that are beyond powerful like you have huge backing like i don't I just, I guess I've never got the battle narrative because from what I can tell, it's been sort of a smooth ride for him, but I could be wrong. I'm not,
3: no, I'm not you're that right. well versed. You, you're right. And all the battles have been fought behind the scenes. The big ones, like the Opie and Anthony, and anyone mm-hmm. that has really mattered that he would have had to go toe to toe with, he's fought it behind the scenes like a pussy. And the ones that he went head to head with, he would cut them off. So, say, Imus would call him and want to talk to him and go toe to toe. He would hang up or he would he wouldn't deal with it or he would get, for example, journalists fired like FHM. He would Mm -hmm. he wouldn't you know, he's a he's a fucking shadow boxing tape. Loser
4: covert and, yeah, and if you, op- you want op-
0: to if, co- if you want to take it further guys and I know we're going to make this longer than it has to be and I promised I wouldn't but it, we're, we're do I think we're it's really interesting I think people are going to enjoy what we have to say here um, in the old days like when he couldn't beat the grease man the company hired the grease man and just moved his schedule basically it was like he we can't we it, it was a typical radio ploy. To hire the person that's competing with you, so as to remove the competition, so to speak. Howard Mm -hmm. needed that constantly. Um, So he, like the behind the scenes thing, is completely pro forma where he's concerned. So we can't. Mm -hmm. He's he's the money man. We can't threaten. We can't let that be threatened. So we got to do see what we can do to uh, go around that. So anyway, let's continue. A friend. Fuck you.
2: That's not what a friend does. A friend Let does a parade of chicken here who's into fat guys. Guys
1: in the arm. Bullshit.
2: No, that's yeah. not what a friend does. Well, don't worry. It
1: won't happen off again. off the
3: air says this girl no. might want to date you. Everything's on the I air don't... with you. Every...
1: Sam,
0: yeah, that's a, great, that's a great one to stop on.
3: No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I had a, a fruit fly in front of my computer. <laughs> I'm not even... <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was the same signals we used to, to speak almost. Guys. I was just
3: like... Where is this coming from? And then I see Mio left a pastry up here.
0: If I have, a, if I'm Howard, I'm gonna fucking rant for a fr- about fruit flies for an hour and a half. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> let's continue. Not
1: everything. I don't know any girls off the air that no one's written me a letter in my personal life saying I want to go out with Artie. Please, so let's do so you it.
2: can make it your personal life. You can say a girl wrote me a letter. Why don't we get together and have and dinner? I'm, I think she might like
1: you. That's I don't, what a, a I do Unfortunately, there's not a lot of takers in that department. If a girl approached me, I would do it. A I girl, haven't been approached. A, a girl wrote you a letter. You don't have to make it on the air.
2: You don't have to make <laughs>
3: Thing? I, I haven't been approached says the guy who has steel team six surrounding him you know 10 pounds a wig and he's, he doesn't look anyone in the eye with the sunglasses i mean yeah you, i'm sure people are gonna approach you like a normal human being i let alone for example i was looking at that concert footage that in 99 from jones beats that i posted on our facebook page and if anybody (laughs) gets the opportunity please go to our facebook page sign up i found concert footage from just a random person who was front stage for a jones beach rob zombie concert and howard could not look more out of place and he's always constantly surrounded by ralph his crew nobody's talking to him
0: no in this, and then also he's surrounded by a band in this case, and he still looks like a complete dweeb. <laughs> oh. oh, he's got a cowboy hat on. He's got like an imus hat on. He's That's got solid. these leathers that don't fit. I mean, it's always the clothes wear him, and then um, he can't he can't sing because he doesn't know the lyrics. <laughs> he doesn't I was know the lyrics. wondering he's what was going on with that. It was the same. There was an MTV mu- uh, music video ones, which I have to. Uh, there was a M- MTV music video awards thing where they performed as well, and he's there on it with a big trench coat like he's from yep. Highlander, and um, <laughs> he's he's like waving around and he's looking like wh- where's he, the fucking exit? He's looking for the exit sign and he just keeps going from one side of the stage to the other. You know what he
3: looks like in that one? He looks like the you know the guards in the Wizard of Oz when they come out. Oh, yo. <laughs> Yo, (laughs) he like comes out, it's like, wait a minute, this is like a Rob Zombie concert, he comes out looking like the guards from the Wizard of Oz, and he has no idea what to do, so he just keeps walking back and forth like a weird Wizard of Oz soldier. (laughs) And
0: then sticking his hands out like, yeah, yeah, whatever, and then pointing at people, whatever, (laughs) but he... He's just in fear of his life, and it, it is a scary thing to be on stage if you're not used to that. And he, of course, is you know afraid of public speaking in general. So um, <laughs> I got to see. Maybe Benjamin has that footage because I got it was scrubbed off of YouTube, and I got to get that one back because it's the funniest thing ever.
3: <laughs> it's the premiere of Private Parts for MTV. I saw the whole thing.
0: Might be it. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's gone now, but i got to see if someone has it. Anyway, let's continue. Alone
1: I won't anymore. And to tell you
2: might something. not just want to be on the air. And
1: the, my motive for putting it on the air, my friend, is that uh, I am very uncomfortable meeting people off the air. So, okay, I put that into you. I said, you know what? This is easy. If you don't like the chick, you never have to call her. You kind of screen her out on the air. It's a no, bad, no, no. If I don't like the chick, it turns into this. And if you if really I don't like,
2: like her- the chick off the air, I just it just move you move on. It's a private issue. No,
1: but Yeah, Sam.
3: I put this into you. So he's saying, and he's even admitting it if anyone caught that. I can't meet people off the air. I like to meet them on the air. I put this into you. So he's projecting.
0: Projecting mm-hmm. how
3: yeah. he wants to meet women, and then he 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 thinks that yeah, Artie's right. It turns into this. Why wouldn't if I was really your bro and really your friend, your warrior hero into battle guy? Why yeah. wouldn't you just give me a call and say, hey, let's go meet some chicks up at Nobu, my right. treat?
4: Just put yourself in that situation where you show up and there's this whole. Show based on it, and it just you know, you kind of get sandbagged. Like, I would get no sense at all that they were trying to hook me up with this girl. I would get exactly how Artie felt like, oh, I just got sandbagged into this whole bit about some girls into fat dudes.
0: Well, the worst part of it yeah. was uh, like, as, as it progressed, if with the interview, you guys can hear it for yourselves eventually. Um, she, she starts saying the shit that is clearly nonsense. Like, oh, I'm into ACDC, uh, Johnny Cash, uh, you know, she might actually be into some things, th- these things, but it sounded fake. And then we find out later on, she does have a boyfriend and that Bob Levy, Le- Le- Levy, she, she met Bob Levy and got in touch with him and got on the show. How do you think that would make anybody feel that you were used as a fucking crutch for yeah. someone to get on and get airtime? And that the that the boss, the person who's supposed to be your quote unquote bro, let it go forward, knowing that it was just a scam,
3: right? And the fact too, like, oh, and Bob Levy's doing free work for him now, like,
0: yeah, yeah, and that, and he, yeah, Bob never gotten a nickel. I mean, he, he, as I already said he's putting crumpets in this three dollar leather jacket for the family.
1: <laughs> oh God! I, God. Like I wish you could have played the
3: Imagine rest of it. how that smells. <laughs>
1: You had to fucking make a big deal of it yesterday. No, no, Question you made a big motive. deal out
2: of it by making it a bit for the air. So you I co- reacted the way I reacted, I made, and that's what happened. I
1: made it a bit for the air, so you wouldn't be embarrassed to meet these fucking shits off the air. You're uncomfortable about meeting people off the air. Yes. Why does that mean I have to? Be? I was wrong, clearly. Yes, my just, motive just wasn't a bad it. one. My motive was because I, I was someone would do it An for entertaining me. entertaining
2: segment for the show. Yes. And you're turning that into something like you're my personal friend. You did this as a friend thing.
0: Artie's hit the nail on the head. Uh, do we have anybody wants to argue against him? Not at no. all. That,
3: that is exactly as precise as you can get.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And so that eventually what's going to happen, people are going to call in and say, oh, you know, Artie, you got this all wrong. Or just get Howard, you're wrong. Whatever. Most people side with Artie. And I remember at the time specifically, it would have been like a Stern Fan Network, I suppose, or Rocky's Rubber Room. I can't remember the forums, but people were almost universally for Artie. And I think it's because, well, people just smell bullshit. They just smell like, you know, this is, this is, Artie's right. I mean, put yourself in his shoes, you know, Mm -hmm. and then once you do that, once you put yourself in Artie's position, you'd be just as angry, or at least you'd be annoyed as fuck. Go ahead, Sam.
3: Well, at this moment, the audience between Stern Fan Network and the fact that Artie's now saying the Emperor has no clothes, like I said, we were all aware, kind of, you know, he probably had some boxers on. But after this dressing down, it was complete nudity, and we were like, "You're fucking bullshit." And yeah, I and I think that he knew that this was going on behind the scenes because he bullshit. He too tur- he turned on to Stern Fan Network and saw the hatred.
0: Oh fuck yeah! To the point where he actually had to have, like, um, people, well, eventually some of these things became pro-Howard. But, um, like, any negative stuff on Stern Fan Network against Beth got you kicked off. That's how bad it became. <laughs> and uh, and that place died a, a fucking lonely death.
2: This has turned into a major issue for you the know show. How many
1: different people I've, who have written me letters and said so they want to meet so-and-so on the show and so-and-so on the show. And I go, no. Yeah, of course it'd be interesting. Well, because but also, you... it wasn't my intention to embarrass you. It was my intention. Like, well, hey, what you if embarrass it's me. I'm
2: telling you, you uh, embarrassed well,
1: me. I apologize then, and, and, I, and I assure you, my friend, it will never happen again.
3: Okay. Sam? See, that's I. I apologize then. That's all you had to have said in the beginning, if you actually were a bro or a friend, oh, yeah. and we wouldn't have needed all of this. And then when he does actually somewhat apologize, and you think, okay. Listen, they went through all these bullshit trials and tribulations that we just listened to. Then right. he goes he uses the word friend in a, an antagonistic way. That's as right. a as a knife. He uses it as a, it weapon, as a yeah. fucking shank. Mm-hmm. Fuck him.
4: Well, yeah, he didn't apologize. He goes, and by the way, I'll never that'll never happen again and blah. That's not an apology.
0: You're right. It's That's just... That's apologizing to someone for fucking egging their window at the, of their house. And as they're driving away, you've soaked up the window of the fucking car. So, Mm. I mean, you know, this is, this is, yeah, the war of words as well. It's ongoing with these
1: guys. Fine, good. Yeah, it will never happen again. You will not have any girls marching in here <laughs> saying fra- they're attracted to you. If if you a, can go fuck yourself. If somebody if wrote you me
2: want. a letter and said I'm, I, I love I, and you are single. Somebody wrote me a letter you and you getting, were single and said, I, you know what? I'm, I, right, I, I'm not, in I'm not, love I'm with I'm Howard. I would to come to you off the air and say, hey, you want to get dinner with this girl? You want to meet her? I wouldn't parade her on the air as uh, I would have no. I would rather have you. I would rather have it that way. What
1: the
5: fuck's wrong with you? Why didn't you put that on the air?
1: Yeah, I would
2: have kicked your ass. That's That's because he's nuts. You, everything's got to be
1: on the air. Nuts.
0: He, he's absolutely correct. Everything is on the fucking air with him. We just got finished, I don't know, 15 episodes of narcissistic personality sort disorder based on a phone call he had with Allison, the last one on the air, last one on, on the show where she appeared. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and they're like, oh, you know, you don't know how much I'm holding in. So you're on the, in the air, you're not even being fully forthcoming as if off the air, you're going to say fucking shit. And then mm-hmm. we did the Bablo thing where it's all, I, did I ever tell Beth not to go out? And I think, like, well, you, you don't say that, but you tear up the fucking house and then you give me shit for three, four weeks afterwards.
3: She doesn't, so, he doesn't talk to her and he goes to bed. He doesn't eat right. the meatballs. He doesn't.
0: Right. <laughs> I, I, I ignore her.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Healthy. He's
0: a silent treatment. Yeah. Like, I mean, howdy bitch.
3: Listen to though, like how different, like, even though MPD is, you know, it has all these facets. It is interesting to see how it delineates ah. through different people, how it works. It's web. The same, like these same sort of quirks, but how Mm -hmm. he chooses to deploy them differently depending on the person. Is that a feature of it? Like, are they, are they, um, cause Howard's stupid. I think if he was smarter as an NPD person, we wouldn't even be able to detect it as much. Or if we detected it, he would do it more seamlessly. Like he's like a sloppy NPD person to me because now I can almost pick up on it anywhere. Whereas I think people who are probably better at it or they hide it better aren't so obvious.
0: This is a good question, Bob. I should ask, I should just ask flat out. Would someone's NPD supersede their intelligence? In other words, mm. oh, now I'm sounding like him. I mean, does it, does it, <laughs> um, does it take control of their being through the, uh, like, like, does it, does it become the predominant, um, does it take them over regardless of their level of intelligence?
4: Yes. Yeah. Oh. Okay. It, it's like it's like a drug addiction. That's like saying, can heroin take over? Even though a guy's super smart and does it in a super smart way, can it take it, them over? Absolutely, it can take them over, without and question. As a re-
0: and as a result, could their their their, their I guess <clears throat> their warring their ways of warring be rendered sort of? Um, I was I was gonna say impotent, but does the narcissistic rage sort of take the intelligence out of the equation and all of a sudden they're back to they're into the gutter no matter what their level of intelligence
4: yeah i mean i don't think that that's exclusive an exclusive feature of narcissistic personality disorder rage i think when anyone gets angry um it really takes you out of your element and, and mm. can reduce you down you know you you get yeah. a fight with somebody and you're, you're you're just not thinking. All you know is you got to go, you know, maybe below the bell, depending. But yeah. um, I think I, th- I actually would disagree in that Howard isn't good with his MPD. I think he actually is pretty efficient. I guess I meant like I my saying. ability
3: to tell it, to see it, my ability <clears throat> to spot it, I think is. OK, so then here's another question. Because if you're if you kind of know the warning signs of it, no matter Mm -hmm. who is um, doing the NPD behavior, we will Mm -hmm. always be able to spot it no matter how smart someone is. Right. Is that what you're trying to say?
4: I think so, because, again, it's like an addiction to where they can't help themselves. You know, narcissistic supply drives every motivation, uh, more or less for them that's why they never really develop any interest mm-hmm. you know because it, it's almost like the same reason why a drug addict doesn't really have that many interests outside of drugs once they get deep into it because deriving that supply and that drug starts to consume every part of them so that that area of you that develops passion or interest in other things sort of gets neglected because so much energy and mind power is going into attaining more narcissistic supply, which is something, you know, one of the guys I turned turned you on to, that's Sam Sam Zakanen, I think. He talks about how it. he's a very uh, intelligent person and he talks about how it just consumes him and drives him all the time. Mm -hmm. So
3: do you think, okay, then my next question is, if, you know how Howard's in these stages that you said it's becoming that the the false self is completely almost gone. It's just totally exposed. He's having that psychotic break almost like it's happening in real time. Does it happen faster to somebody with a higher intelligence or a lower intelligence that has or MPD it,
0: or is it irrelevant? they the level of intelligence. Yeah. I don't know. That's a
4: good question. I think someone, uh, maybe more intelligent can recognize patterns better. But the thing is, the reason why some of these people can become so efficient is they constantly think in patterns um, just meaning like cycles. So over time, like the more you think in a cycle, the more let's say that you were in stock, you know, you're you were into trading stocks and you're just used to watching cycles and you become more and more efficient to where mm-hmm. it becomes more and more intuitive. So I think that in Howard's case, he has gone through so much, so many cycles, so repet so so many repetitious cycles of what happens with abandonment that He is so keyed in on recognizing the signs of when people are starting to leave, or you know, whatever he's perceiving as a threat. So, does Mm -hmm. that mean? anything through any kind of repetitious behavior that's like saying okay does a smart person can he play guitar better not necessarily like just Mm -hmm. because he's more intelligent it's just how much repetition do you put into it how much practice do you put into it how much time do you do you spend in that area of learning guitar or drums or whatever it doesn't necessarily intelligence probably doesn't have that much to do with it so the, de- I, I would, so, the
3: so so the degeneration of when you're NPD, but as you live longer and have more people in your life and become more like Howard is now, there is no rate of decline. There's no we can't say who's gonna decline faster, whose face is gonna fall faster. It's not really gonna matter. It's just all up for grabs it's all just depends on when and who and how there's no yeah. steady rate of decline
0: a relativism i suppose it, it yeah. does seem what,
4: one thing that i've noticed and here's what i'll say about where howard is now <clears throat> and what i think will happen when people with npd reach levels to where they become a ceo or a boss or a lot of people become dependent on them financially not not like you know like they're their employees and they leverage that against them, and they, they hold that over their heads. What, what I've seen is when, the, when that person either falls from grace or can no longer um, or is no longer a CEO or is no longer an employee, you know, can no longer foster and maintain that sort of dynamic with people they they generally move on really quickly and they move on in sort of a mass manner, if that makes sense. So let's say someone's a CEO of a company and they really leveraged that position and they they held things over people's heads. And then all of a sudden they're taken out of that position, they're fired or the company starts doing poorly and people start to look elsewhere and move on. Mm-hmm. A lot of those people just wind up abandoning that person very quickly because go ahead, so their oh,
3: power, just... so their power source is is their position. And since Howards has been dwindling for some time, he is that's part of his decline and exposure well, not
4: only it's not only that his power is declining. it's that, People are just simply ready to retire and move on. So even if Howard can, you know, maybe I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But with someone like, let's say, Ronnie, who's just looking to leave a robin, you know, you're talking about people that are past the retirement age. And yeah, even even though Howard, you know, might come back or whatever, they probably let whatever powers that be just know we won't be returning, even if you do. So, so like those people are going to move on as well you know um and that's where frankly i see a lot of those people are is that they're just kind of at a retirement age or they're at a stage where they need to move on to either grow or you know just move on from the show so
0: well, so based, like based on what we're, you hear new stuff from when we do the breakdowns, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. what would you, and, and I know this is guys this is way off topic, but uh, I mean, in terms of the, this bro fight stuff, but it applies in the sense that we're still talking about MPD and Howard and that where it pertains to him in his state, in the stage of his career now where he's in free mm-hmm. fall. We don't yeah. believe there's another contract regardless of what he wants to tell you, or if he does get re-signed, it's for like dick all and it's like, fuck all money, and then people are going to be gone, Ronnie's going to be gone, Robin's probably going to be gone, it'll be a like bare-bones staff. If he doesn't have the same sycophants around him, how's that going to affect him? I mean, that supply is gone, how does he get more supply?
4: Ex- extremely negatively. I mean, very, very bad.
0: I mean, we just posted um, a blind item, blind item from Crazy Days and Nights um, that is stated that uh, you can hear the separation in the over the air that as soon as, uh, the, the, at the end of the year, you're going to see Beth and Howard most likely separate. They didn't say that the, the, the blind item indicated that's who it was based on mm-hmm. the information given. Um, mm-hmm. but it could be applied, could be all bullshit anyway, but it does seem like, no, first of all, Sam noticed it in the previous, we were talking about it. Beth's no longer on mic anymore. She doesn't want to be on the mic. They had one set up for her. And before then he was trying to get her to be on the mic as if to be like another voice that they, he knows he needs, but he doesn't want to admit it yet. He knows he needs some other thing on the air to make it sort of more interesting. Cause he himself is not interesting enough for the and, audience.
3: And she was, and she so, doesn't want to be part of it. She doesn't want any part of it. But she might've wanted a part of it, but she was so bullied and she was so broken and sounded so ill, mentally yeah. ill that mm-hmm. it, made him look worse. It made her look worse. I mean, she really did seem like, you know, somebody who lives in Gilead in the friggin handmaid's tale. It was ridiculous.
0: Yeah. yeah. So so in this case, um, what what what's the end stage? Is if there's is there an end stage where they just finally go completely their mind just goes completely fucking schnuts because they can't get, you know, the the supply that they're asking for and that, that they, they demand or they need.
4: So, you know, Howard has a unique situation in that he does have a lot of wealth um, that he could maybe put together a show. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about your average person, there's so many variables with Howard, it's hard to even speculate. Sure. Um, Because he can make things happen that normal people can't make happen. So I I don't know what he can pull off. I do Mm -hmm. think that he's reached sort of this stage where it's just beyond repair um, but normally what you would see when someone becomes severely deprived of supply and I've seen this uh, before it's almost like they go into a schizoid or like almost a schizophrenic type state so what what will happen is they'll go into a very deep depression initially okay um, they'll, well they'll start to lash out and try to have more control over more people in the very early stages So they'll they'll start to pit people together. They'll start to impulsive. They'll act very impulsively to eliminate people from their lives. To if you're not with me or against me, you know that type of behavior is going to get really exaggerated. A lot of people that would sort of facilitate is communication and, and social standing. Um, within different types of groups, whether it's social or, uh, you know, professional, they'll start to, you know, slowly leave that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of when they get to the next stage. Again, it's sort of this, you know, the king on top of the castle with all of his money and no one's around him kind of, you know, that... that oh, kind God, of like, I wish it uh, was. And then we could line. run up
3: the snow hill and just push him right the fuck off and cement. I'm king of the castle. Peace. Yeah. Well,
4: yeah, he he's you go into a very uh, profound, depressive state. Mm -hmm. And then over time, the longer that they sort of stay in that state, they go, what I've seen is, is almost... They call it a a narcissistic crash or collapse. It's where you have sort of a mental collapse along with a physical collapse. And you start to assume features of, of schizophrenia. You start to believe things happen that didn't really happen. You know, it's almost like an exaggeration of what's already what's already going on now. But now you're creating entire memories that are actually false and your interpretation of what reality is is now completely skewed. Um, it's it's actually a really ugly thing to see in person, so, god.
3: Is it it hope, sounds good to me.
0: <laughs> I, I hope I hope Beth <laughs> I has I a lot of memory. Break down. <laughs> I want to I hope Beth has a lot of memory in her cloud storage to film it all and just like when he when he finally kicks the bucket uh like so, so, I'm sorry just post it on insta. Yeah,
4: I I don't think she'll be able to withstand that phase. I don't I don't I think she'll leave. That that phase is so <laughs> uh, nasty and ugly and unpleasant. And I think I
3: want it to be like you know when David Hasselhoff was eating a cheeseburger against the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want it to be like that. It won't even look <laughs> like
0: that. Oh God, yeah, you're no, you're already seeing it. It'll just be
3: it. him like <laughs> wakeless uh, eating almonds.
0: <laughs> oh God, you don't, you, you really, like the whole, the Howard Hughes analogy is probably the most apt because that's what he's become. That really is what he's become, except that he's got a show. Howard Hughes in the last however many years of his life, no one saw him. You heard him from him via phone and that was it. He became he had that much of a recluse. So if it turns out he's going to be, go the same way, it wouldn't surprise me one iota. Mm.
3: Let's get back into the bro.
0: Yes, we at at least put another five minutes into this motherfucker.
1: I'm telling you, I'd rather screen somebody through the air. Then uh, screen them off the air. Do you guys I don't
2: think I've ever had a real
1: conversation with you off the air. Oh you no, know, oh, you, you have. That's no, oh, oh, a lie. Oh, I sat you down as a friend because I was worried about you. Let me tell you something. There are too many fucking people who do that. Oh, and you made fun of that whole situation. Bullshit. You know,
2: you know. Uh, you get rewarded for honesty on the show, I I let out that I was addicted to heroin. And I cared about. For, you. Yeah, for two seconds, and then there's 82 song parties, and the next day you're oh, playing my, my phone God. messages. <laughs> that's already on heroin. <laughs> Here, listen. That's already calling us up on heroin. <laughs>
0: So, and he, by the way, sorry, Sam, before you go into this years later, this stuck in his craw that they were playing his fucking phone messages where he was clearly on fucking drugs and Mm -hmm. using them as fodder. And he got like, it clearly got, got him upset. And who wouldn't fucking be upset? Go ahead, Sam. Mm -hmm.
3: I think coming from it, from an understanding now about opioid addiction and just how we've become more sensitive to the fact of heroin addicts now Mm. might change the way we think about how this is unfolding but i Mm. remember back then even then thinking this is brutal yeah like this is brutal and he's being honest with you and i Mm -hmm. also remember thinking when he said yeah i said that i was worried about you that lasted for two seconds Yeah, it was probably a two second conversation because you were concerned about how the show was going to continue if Artie wasn't going to be on it. Not about his health.
0: Completely. Yeah, they will have you they will have you believe that they, you know, put Hank, the angry, angry dwarf through rehab or whatever this and that they tried and this and that maybe they did. Maybe some people behind the scenes did. I don't believe Howard did. Fuck all. When it comes to, uh, you know, like Casey was going through the worst kind of fucking addiction, drug, like alcohol addiction and gambling addiction wasn't being paid well. And they let him go through that. Like, you know, like they didn't, there were no ramifications except when he finally did get fired, but that was because he, um, he kind of went completely nuts and had an affair with Anne-Marie, the office clam. And, um, the, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not joking. She was the office pin cushion and, um, the, you know, she was married at the time, supposedly. And then he just went off the rails. So like, if you have to go off the rails to get off the show, there's a long time before that, usually there's a long signs that tell you this is going to happen before it happens. And if you're going to be the one at the workplace going, "Eh, I don't fucking care. It's his life. He's, you know, he's an adult. Okay. You can do that. But you have to take some culpability for enabling that, that behavior and not setting, uh, boundaries and saying, look, this can't continue. You have to get help. Mm -hmm. You have to get help or you won't be here anymore. That's where you can kind of wipe your hands and say, look, we tried. We absolutely Mm -hmm. put boundaries in place that they were supposed to guidelines that they were supposed to meet. They didn't agree. They had to go. And you can give a shit for letting them go, but don't say we didn't, spell it out for them in every single way with Artie, that wasn't even the case they let him go when it was way beyond time for him to fucking go yeah so and i don't know
4: how robin would ever know whether they've had a conversation that was genuine or not sure she jumps in there and and on top of that you know i'm sure my boss you know she she's pretty fond of me and and i do good work for her and I'm sure if I was coming in and she thought I had a drug problem or something was going on, she doesn't want to, you know, let me go. I'm sure she would call me and, you know, talk to me and be like, hey, I've noticed, you know, you're showing up. <laughs> I don't take that as her being my friend. I take her that as her being concerned and she doesn't want to lose me and she wants me to get help so I can continue to work for her. I I'm wouldn't trying, be trying. like, oh, you're my best friend now. Like, that's <laughs> what Howard's
0: kind of trying to say. Trying to be a good boss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's try.
2: And then you just yell it out on the Letterman show, and you somehow got announced of decency and called him and said, I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. No, you talked about it on Letterman. Saying, you, talk- you,
1: you, blur- you blurted it out on the air, and I talked about it <laughs> thinking, well, if he's talking about it on our air, and yeah, then I you said you to Letterman, it. would you please edit that out, because I'm concerned that it might affect Artie. Right.
2: Then he, But he doesn't care about then for about five him. hours a day on a show that's got more listeners
1: than Letterman, you what fucking well, you
2: something talk about, about it. About. it
0: here. Right. This was the thing you mentioned, Bob, about something that he, and he he told later on it, he goes to say it was something in confidence that he blurted out on the air yes mm-hmm. yeah and it was about dana something like that which at this point they're broken up who knows you know i'm sure there was a myriad of reasons for that uh that had nothing to do with howard when something like that happens if it happens you can't really trust that person ever again no so no
3: and beth and howard and- were both guilty of that by the way
0: Oh fuck yeah! You remember the the better half for fuck's sake that we the train wreck we had to go through? And she was you know, drunk as fuck and poking and prodding at Dana, <laughs> trying not giving anything of herself, but saying, "You know, aren't you and are you really together? and you still together?"
2: I, I blurted it out in a in a time that was a, it was a very difficult moment, okay, and you so weren't be mad because... at me
1: for that. What yeah, are what, we yeah.
5: talking about here? Now we're on the heroin. We yeah. were talking about the girl.
1: He's attacking he's me
5: for He's got a everything. lot of issues <laughs> with
2: you.
1: I know, but I'm talking about that our
2: on air and off air relationship because you brought that up, the, the friendship. I didn't bring that. it
1: up. You said I'm not your friend. So fine. I'm not your fucking friend. Who cares? Well, I thought I, I was. I, 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 Sam.
3: So I will give Robin credit here for at least trying to steer the conversation, even though I think that under you have to look at this argument, too, as yes, on the on its face, it is what it. Is it's already upset about the segment and yeah. Howard being upset because he's a superficial bitch in the closet. But Robin here, there's these layers, and she knows that this heroin conversation has been bubbling up at the surface for so fucking long. So she knows that I have to steer this ship back onto what we were going with because if it goes this route, it's going to end horribly. And I think she can sense it.
0: Maybe. Um, but she's still got she's got Howard's interests in mind, not Artie's. She's more yeah. concerned about Howard than Artie.
3: Right, but her interest is with Artie too, and this not happening because if Artie leaves the show, I know she thinks obviously she'll have a job, but the show will be in jeopardy.
0: Oh yes. And she does it. That's why she was so pissed off with Jackie, because Jackie leaving or threatening to leave was always going to be she she was that she had that little, um, self-confidence that she's thinking well, if Jackie leaves, we're fucked because that the funny is leaving with Jackie.
3: You're goddamn and right.
0: Is... And it did. I mean, like you had Benji, you decided to go cheap and give it to Benji who, okay, maybe once every hundred times says something amusing by accident. We have a, another series of NPD stuff that we're going to be doing a couple, couple angles actually that we think in the future, you guys are really going to appreciate it, but we'll let you, we'll dole, dole, dole those out as they, as they happen organically and hope you guys really enjoy them. But, um, we were talking a little bit about, uh, Robin and how, um, she's, you know, she's trying to stick up for Howard. She's trying to maybe save the show. You guys are pointing out, uh, by maybe steering this in a direction that will get them off this thing. How much of that is going to be based on the fact that she knows she's full of shit. Does she even know that she made it up the jerk thing?
4: I don't think so. I don't, I really don't think so.
0: Cause you know, she can't be wrong. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. So Robin's whole thing, like Howard is self deprecating in his MPD. And we have talked about that. Robin is not. Oh, and God, she no. can't be wrong or criticized. Or so criticized. So do you think, in, cause of her MPD and how she is, does she not even realize she just is wrong flat out? Does that even come to her?
0: I wonder. I wonder about that. Yeah, it
4: does. I mean, she's a more extroverted form. And uh, like I stated a little while ago, Howard's self-deprecation isn't, I don't believe, genuine. Um, I think, like I said, he'll self-deprecate his looks, but he still wants you to think he's good looking.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like he'll, he'll,
0: he'll tell you he looks like shit but don't you tell him he looks like shit exactly
1: yep. okay. have a conversation about something that doesn't exist if you came to me with any request <laughs> or anything I, I would make it happen and the, fact of the matter, you as well That's and, I mean, and the fact like... of the matter is I do consider you a friend and I've invited you to my home several times you've told me you can't come and, uh, I've it's been a, to your home. and it's probably I've invited you 90% more to, to my house than you've ever invited me to your house. When did you ever invite me to your I house? I invited you to my Bullshit. house once. I did. Never. I invited you to play cards once and you said you were Bullshit. going on a trip. Did, oh, I was away. Did, I, did he, I, go
0: ahead, Sam. Did,
3: did he even give him a second to answer? No, like, no. I, I, he already had it in his head. He was going to snowplow right through that.
0: Yes, Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, it would be, and you know that already, it wouldn't be one time, it would be already going, I know this guy's not going to come to my fucking house any more than he's going to come to Fred's yeah. or Robbins exactly. or anywhere else. So why am I inviting some asshole that's going to turn me down? I bought him a Neil Young poster for like early on when I wasn't even making that much money with the fucking show that he, he, he goofed on it on the air and put it in fucking storage, a lithograph, yeah. I believe it was. And, um, and then, and he, <laughs> remember we played, it was one of the earlier NPD episodes where we played him talking about shitting on him as the worst gift receiver of all time. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of my favorite audio things where he just said, fuck you. You, this is a bullshit bit where you're trying to get people after me and you know, it's bullshit and I'm I'm not taking it. I think this was around this time or a year later. And he just said, fuck off. You're a rude prick.
3: Like already, mm. you know, Howard's going to be real comfortable watching football and playing poker and, you know, <laughs> drinking Jack and Coke and fucking whatever. I mean, come on. Exactly. What is he gonna hang out with the Jersey guys watching Sopranos eating fucking gobble Ghoul and Artie's mom's meatballs but in a fucking yeah. aluminum game. Tupperware? <laughs> like get your aluminum big thing in the fridge, Vat. Get out of here.
0: Where are the almonds? Yeah, yeah. Can we <laughs> where's the dancing with the stars? So <laughs> let's continue.
2: Oh, what do you do to think? My I don't <laughs> get home and go, I don't want to go to Howard's. Uh, I,
1: uh, to I don't go. know, man. I'm just telling you, man. I invite I, I I don't invite people who aren't my friends to my home. Inv- I, I went to. When I, you were going through your ass ass a shit with Dana. Guys. I said, Can "You come out and hang out with me and Jimmy," and you felt funny about it. I said, "Come on out. Let's have some." Fun. No, I'm not a friend, already. You're a fucking asshole. You're really got you
3: got oh, fucking major issues.
0: Okay. Real
1: conversation I had with you.
0: So, Sam, or did she did another one of those great Sam reactions on video where um, when he says "fuck you," I'm not you're you're not my friend. It really yeah. is like it is kindergarten.
3: And he goes, "Well, didn't I invite you with Jimmy and?" You said you felt weird about it. Well, yeah, because you're both two phonies. Jimmy was someone who grew up on The Man Show with Adam Carolla. Adam is still a regular guy. Jimmy's become this, you know, nutsacking, sacking, sucking piece of shit. Oh, I And it's just like, why would... Artie want to hang out with this. Artie likes to hang out in Hoboken and do the things that he likes to do. If yeah. you really wanted to be a friend, you, and you wanted to come to his place, you would be comfortable around his terrain. Or Artie could come and hang out with them if they were doing something normal, but you know it's just all just celebrity. Ball washing. Weird. Who wants to yeah. do that?
0: Years later, do you guys remember when Artie got that place on Tom's River in Jer- Jersey and uh, led that big you know, mansion he took a, b- a bath on, actually, eventually, and everybody from the fucking show came there, inclu- including like friends from just Jersey friends, comedians. Florentine was there, brought the kid. I believe there's some pictures out there. And um, who didn't show up? Howard. Beth didn't show up. Howard didn't show up. Why not? Well, because it's not about you. It's about someone else. Well, then and and just, you, you know,
4: birds of a feather, you know, like Artie doesn't <laughs> yeah. do what Howard does, you know, like it's just, yeah.
0: which would be fine. I mean, it'd be, it would be, no, they would, he wouldn't have a problem with that, but that like, don't, if you're Howard, don't be, you know, bitching like, oh, well, you don't come to my house. I don't come to your house. Yeah. You want it that way. You don't want it's anybody at your house and you don't want to go to anybody's house. Look what you did to fucking Gary's dinner.
4: His only evidence is I invited you to my house, and I only invite friends to my house. Like that's his argument. It's like he's he's supporting his own thing, but I don't know that. I'm sure he invites a lot of people to his house that aren't his friend. i I would I guess probably ninety percent of the people that come to his house are not his friend that he invites. you know
0: they're they're either employees or people he can starfuck to try to get ahead of the business exactly and if they can't. And if he can't use them, do you think they're ever going to get an invite? Of course not, Sam exactly.
3: Don't you think though, like if I were to be, if you, me, Bob were to become famous, of course I would be interested in talking to certain celebrities that I've like uh, loved or admired in my life. But would I make it a career to be friends with these people or to hobnob? Fuck no. Like my friends would always still be my friends. If I ever became rich and famous I fuck the famous part. If I were to just ever become rich, I would give everything to my friends and couldn't wait to have them over my house and mm-hmm. benefit their lives. Like,
5: mm-hmm.
3: I, I, I just for me, I don't understand the celebrity draw, like the need to be around celebrities. That to me is so fucking bizarre. Even if I were to become famous someday, or you, or anyone, I think it's a weird thing like why are you drawn to just celebrities that's weird
0: well well, it's he's he's an empty vessel like he he is whatever you put in him and that might mean ralph's dick but um he is you know he is like um what the next the latest thing he's reading he is what he's watching he is what he's eating he is um it, it just everything is so ephemeral with him and in his life that if you actually sat down and wanted to have some, substantive, some sub, 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 substantial conversation about yeah. something of weight, you couldn't have it. He couldn't deal with it. Not just because yeah, he's yeah. not intelligent, but because if it's not something in his wheelhouse, something he's interested in, he has nothing to say. So yeah. can you imagine him? Remember, we also had that one um, audio where <laughs> they were at a party and no one sat down with him. and he Yeah, to no one sat
3: I at him saying. with the party because they were all like, well, why would we sit there with him? He's either going to judge us, make fun of us, or, or we have nothing to talk about. And he's miserable. The end. Exactly. Also, too, Artie, if he's blowing off Jimmy Kimmel and Howard, maybe it's just not interesting. They, he knows what Howard's about. He knows what Jimmy is about. Maybe there's nothing there. It's not again, it's
4: it's it's lifestyle. Like when when we talk about birds of a feather flock together, it's just it's lifestyle. It's mentality like, you know, my best friend right now, he's got three kids and pretty much all their social. I have no kids and and all their social you know, networks. Families come over. They bring their kids, and me and him both invite each other to stuff. We know neither of us are ever going to show up, and he. Does, I don't really expect him to because he's not living my life, and I'm not. You know, he knows, dude. I'm not going to have you come out here and hang out with a bunch of kids, and like, they're just yeah. not. You're, you're just not at that place in your life. Like, I don't shit on it. You know, right. he knows that. It's just it, have... we're in different different places. So I think probably Artie's like, Howard, that's not fair. Like, you you know, you and Jimmy have this weird thing, and there's like a whole, you know, lifestyle that goes into that that I'm not really a part of, and I have a lifestyle that you're not really a part of. So this whole argument isn't really fair. He doesn't take it there, but I'm sure that's that's the reality of the situation.
0: And the other thing is, this is something three years earlier Artie might have done, but because he spent so much time now around Howard, he knows exactly what he's about. Jimmy doesn't spend, Jimmy never spent nearly as much time as with Howard as Artie did, even when they were on vacation, not the amount of time. And he hasn't seen the comings and goings. Jimmy hasn't heard behind the scenes shit that Artie knows. Jimmy hasn't been Mm -hmm. fucking cock blocked out of a job by Howard. So there's a very different dynamic. And course. also, you know, realness, you're talking about like a road comic is something already would, would somebody, he would way more want to hang out with than some elite assholes. Uh, yeah. Sam.
3: Also, Jimmy, I think, and I'm shocked by to this day. I don't think their friendship is as close the way he's like, Jimmy's one of my best friends. You know, you don't hear that anymore. Bullshit. That whole thing where he got a second wife and had the family has kids. The kid had a hard thing. I think that played into the demise of their best friendship.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you have kids. I mean, that's, that's, if you want Howard to never come to your house, just fucking have a couple, have a litter. And, uh, you know, you you may as well, you you may as well. (laughs) It'll be like a scene from children of the corn. He, um, Again, he, he's vapid. We've been saying for years now, what the fuck could they possibly have to say at dinner? Why shouldn't he go to bed early? Because he's not he's not the one entertaining people. <laughs> what do we Ira need magician? another Ray
3: impression?
0: <laughs> Ted Kennedy,
1: perhaps? I don't know.
0: Anyway, let's continue. Let's try to get a few more minutes out of this before we wrap it up.
1: You should go see that fucking psychiatrist, Prontissimo, because shit's getting to you. What's getting to me? Nothing's getting to me. Dude, when you're sucking on those tabs, that something's getting to you. Well, listen, yeah, I'm, I'm an addict. There's no question it. about the fact that I'm an, an addict. An addict means something, Well, that's covering something, Artie. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I don't know what it's I've covering. had those issues a long time. Uh, yeah, like from birth. But this
0: is a different situation. What a fucking cunt. Jesus Christ almighty. Uh, from birth. Where's that coming from?
3: God, you took the words right out of my mouth for once. <laughs>
4: jesus if you you didn't hate her before this segment she's just (laughs) and and what howard's trying to do is he's saying you're fucked up you have the problem and artie's like defending himself saying i'm clear-headed right now what you did was fucked up like i'm not i'm not gonna spin myself how you're trying to spin me right now that i'm you know i'm the one that's out of line or whatever and and so they try to reduce them down to these tabs again. he's just like, that's not it. I've been on the, these fucking things a long time. Like, you're not going to dismiss and use your little tactics to spin what I've done. Like, to discredit me is what I, I kind of right. got there.
3: I'm also loving the fact that previously this addiction was played down. And now when they're on their heels being... Brought to the forefront of honesty by Artie in just a specific situation that had no business getting to this level, but because they dragged it to this level, now we sit here and we have to throw the addiction gauntlet down. Yeah, and mm-hmm. to me, that's just like incredible. Oh, I thought it was Kool-Aid, Hawaiian Punch and Twinkies. It's yeah. not. Now you realize the severity of it in five minutes when you're on your heels. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah
0: when it's convenient it's it's and that's why i've i've never um i mean that's why the audience would have sided with Artie because these two elitist cunts who you know failed upwards and had some menial jobs okay when they were younger like maybe like she did a few but he certainly didn't what he washed dishes at fucking camp while he was jerking on
3: some bullshit yeah what what was that tm TM
0: center (laughs) yeah right um at the end of the day Um, you, you have no choice, but to sympathize with Artie, whether you are an addict or, you know, who's someone who's an addict or not, because he's actually talking some sense. The other two, we've heard them do this to people too many times to be swayed by them. Even if we weren't fans of Artie's, you'd be going, no, 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 I don't buy this. Sorry. Something's not right. Does not compute. So we'll play, play this out a little more.
1: Oh, boy. This isn't that
2: a difference. No, in a chick who's into fat guys. Oh, you devil! Sorry, All won't right. happen again.
1: I apologize. Don't, don't do it again. I said you I wouldn't. You little can. Devil. You can be sure you will see no women here who are into you. Thank you. You can go fuck yourself.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: fucking guy. Oh.
5: Roaster, okay. uh, well, maybe it is. But we got a couple of you love people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now this is okay. the fact that he keeps bringing it up, you know he already scored a fucking direct hit. <laughs> it was oh. on wi- on Wigan grad. I mean, he just not just,
3: even and yeah. Robin Fillmore. Yes. listen to this. they're both like doing voices because, oh, we're never gonna invite a girl. no, no, we're no right. mm. totally like
0: totally the- mature.
3: Really, you think you're gonna win and score points with the audience with this argument, you two fucking fifty something year olds? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh,
3: <Fred! laughs> Wait a minute. is Fred is... Fred's in charge of this? Yeah. Okay, so then this is really ironic and funny, and I think this was a kudos to Fred because Gina. it makes it look... It makes them look that much more immature and embarrassing. Like, if you want to be on an episode of Dawson's Creek, Howard and Robin, perfect. And Fred, great b- backdrop great, music. Great choice.
0: Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think he just got jealous he was left out for a bit.
1: Hey! Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, and you're fucking... Girls and everything else in heroin and all he your bullshit. Uh, yeah. And gee, uh, no real conversation. Nobody's being real been easy.
5: uncomfortable on this show, but Artie, that's not fair.
0: Uh, hey.
2: <laughs> I should go ahead and keep bringing Brooke. I'll, I'll continue to be no, uncomfortable. I'm quite.
0: Oh God, this, You were just He's you were just saying, me. Bob. Yeah, but you were saying, Bob, like yeah, hey, how she like you just hate Robin more and more. With this she's never more insufferable than in this clip.
4: It's yeah. It's so bad. It's yeah.
3: Uh, Yeah. She. They're saying he's he gray rocked. He said just don't bring girls on anymore. That's Mm -hmm. it. Bottom line, guys. That's all he said is don't bring gray. Don't bring girls on the show. Now it's we won't bring girls on the show. No, we won't. (laughs) No, we won't. And now it's this. Where at
0: this point, fuck
3: you. No more girls.
0: At this point, Robin and Howard are like those little wind-up toys that you go, and all of a sudden, and they go right into the wall. They keep making the steps, and they're not going to stop until that that wind is finished, right? Like, they've got to go.
4: It's just not even true. No one else can be uncomfortable. Robin, if something is even slightly uncomfortable, checks out on a whole bit. And she'll yeah. leave. I mean, she is like the most hypersensitive one in that entire room. Even probably Easily. worse than Howard. Easily. So, you yeah, no I
3: idea know. how much we know this. Fillmore and I have been suffering through her fifteen <laughs> foundation bullshit. She <laughs> can't take a lick of criticism.
4: No, no, not at all. No. She's hot, I, an extreme narcissist. They can't take any kind of criticism at all. Do you all. remember?
0: Do you remember when he said, we're going to have the Robin is wrong website guy in? And she goes, I'm leaving. If you have him in, yeah. I'm not staying in. And she was not joking. There was no, no. She, she was, she was fucking serious as pardon the expression and told me, drill cancer. And, um, she was like, no, I'm not going to do that. It, she was threatening to walk off same as she did for the Cleveland book signing. And she walked off when, uh, Lisa G came in and, and this is during the 15 foundation guys and Scott Salem supposed, like said, I'm not going to help her because you know, what does she ever Done for me, kind of thing. She, she she worded it in a way that Scott did not supposedly, just to stir it up. And she goes, "I'm a miserable cunt, and I'm just a mm-hmm. terror to everyone here." And I'm like, "This is mature. This is this is a well, grown woman who's supposedly the first, cured."
4: The first objective is they have to become the victim again yes. it doesn't even matter if there's any logic there one way or another they need to become the victim and that one thing that I've always noticed about her there's just there is 0% for criticism um, I mean she just doesn't allow it I don't think it was a threat at all when she said if that guy comes in here I'm walking out I mean I think she was telling them what she was going to do it wasn't a threat Absolutely. no. she's just going to leave
3: well, Sam? look at, look at this right now. He, they are, he's gray rocking them and they're saying in under their breath or like just directly, they're just shouting objectives, heroin, fat girl. But like, why are you guys continuing this? He's saying, fine, just don't whatever do you anymore. want.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or continue doing it and I'll be fucking uncomfortable. Yes. That's the mandate.
3: He's giving them literally every option under the sun. Don't do it. It makes me uncomfortable or do it and I'll be uncomfortable, whatever you want. And they're still being cunt. He's
4: just all he's saying is, I'm not going to let you fuck me and I'm I'm not going to smile while you. F-. He's like, bring them in. But that doesn't mean like I'm allowed to have feelings. I don't like right. this. This is my boundary. Like, I'm not going to let you fuck me. And so that's it. He's not even telling yeah. them not to do it. He's just saying, I'm not going to do this little routine anymore like yeah you know it makes me uncomfortable if that's what your, your objective is and bring them in it's right, you know i'm
0: not he ain't gonna step and fetch it anymore just because oh you know you know it's thought crime <laughs> oh no you got to go with the program
4: thought crime
1: yeah
2: Dear? I'm talking to Howard. I'm not talking to you. Go pretend, right ahead. Pretend you can hear
1: me. And it's true. I, <laughs> I of wish course. I could. <laughs> my number one priority is always good radio. Absolutely.
2: I know that. And I think I've given you a lot of that over the years uh, in my fucked up
1: body. More, more good radio than anybody. And I love you for it, but I'm sorry I said And I'm not even you.
2: referring to being talented. I'm uh, referring to being a fuck up. I'm so
1: when I say up, I love you for oh. that, is that gay? Or am I a bad man? You're not my okay. Alpha.
3: Wait a minute. So now he's just saying he just is completely turning this on his head and saying, all I I'm about good radio. So the whole part where you were doing this because you wanted to be a bro and you cared about your friendship and Mm -hmm. already meeting people and you thought he'd be uncomfortable because he's big. You thought this would be a wonderful way for him to meet girls. That's completely thrown out the fucking window because you just said. Yeah, you're right. The most important thing I care about is good radio.
4: Correct. Yeah. Which is which was Artie's point. Yeah, on top. And he of never
0: him thanks for admitting it. So yeah, and but and he never he never lost sight of that. Artie was always fully aware of the situation, like the landscape, and he also, like I said, he's seen other people go into this fucking den of vipers, and he knows how they operate. So when you get that close, when you're there for that long, you have to pick up a few, you know, Absolutely. you pick up a few yeah. t- tips here and there.
3: Does anyone yeah. else get like super like stirred to the point where I feel like my chest is going to break out in hives and I want to punch my computer, or is that just me? <sighs>
0: I don't get to that level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's those IPAs. But uh well hmm. it's it, there the um the, with the Robin stuff especially because unfortunately we've been, you know, over we O O ODing on Robin <laughs> content the last little <laughs> while with the 15 oh, Foundation oh. and that Sally yes. Jesse thing which just like I said guys, it's a complete coincidence. It just happened to be when it was, you know, uh when we discovered it. And this so is all the Uh, Yeah, it is. I'll take full blame. And then having read her book, which a lot of people still, they do not talk about it. If you've read her book and you hear all these things and you see these appearances and I'm still looking for a couple, if any one of our fans has it, it's a Bill Boggs appearance in the mid eighties, 84. So the only copy I've seen on YouTube was really dark and the quality wasn't great, but the audio was fine. And she's so painfully uncomfortable that it's shocking to, to watch it as, as any of her appearances are, but you, you. I don't advocate hitting women, but I understand. That, like <laughs> same thing as I understand why you'd want to give her a fucking double drop kick. <laughs> I'm
3: a woman. I'll punch her in
0: the face. She's awful. She's just an awful human being. And I know it flies in the face of the Howard TV's guys saying she was wonderful to them and all this bullshit. And I'm like, I don't buy it. I don't fucking buy it. Like, maybe there were times where she was nice or, you know, whatever approachable, but d- how much, would you have five minutes with her? Spend an hour with her. See how you fucking feel. Hang on the show. <laughs> oh, whatever.
2: That, who, who fucking forced you to drink? Oh, I'm kidding. I, I said that as a joke. Sure.
1: Uh, listen. Yeah, I'm, no more. I, women I'm here. not saying you guys forced me to drink. You question my motive. You I, you're right. The motive is always a took this me system. to Las Vegas. That's
2: forcing me. To the <laughs> motive is always something good
1: behind it. I understand Jeff, you you, you, I'm, I'm not looking at
2: All i you. say is, listen, dude. Yeah. I would take a bullet for you. No, you no you you're yeah, one you of would. my. You you no, yes, be. yes, you you would. I would. You don't know me. You do not know me.
0: Now, Robin is in full gear here. This is where you like. Jesus, forget Howard. She's the nut. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you
3: hear, do you hear her neck, like bl- that vocal Bulging. cord just pulsating and blowing out of the side of her neck? How she said, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't take a ball. I think there's part of her, like during the Sally episode where she's being attacked. There's part of her, I think, that deeply hates the fact that she's had to defend this fuck for so long. Yeah. And Artie is coming out. With honesty, which is something Robin has never or rarely has done with Howard, has felt a certain way. And I think she lives between a rock and a hard place for a long time, for a long time. And she hugs the paycheck and she likes the... Fame and the money and everything like that. But I really think it bothers her because she said when she was in the early 80s, she came out with an article and said that Howard was a racist and he was a bad person that Mm -hmm. she did not like working with him. And this was before that he took her along and they separated and he went to somewhere else and she didn't. And in the press, she said that about him. So, I think yeah. there's deep seated, like, how dare you even complain or say anything? Look at what I've been saddled with and had to <laughs> take the bullets for. Might
0: mm-hmm. be something to that, absolutely. Honestly,
1: I know where it's at. No, no you don't he'll know where you think i no. at. He'll, no. he'll no. be
3: holding getting, the gun.
2: Not,
1: not to change the subject, but Benji was taking his shirt Robin off. Robin get you can put a stop to that. Why are you taking your shirt off? What? Please don't make this about you. No. All
2: right. <laughs> he just, was taking his shirt off, but he's, he's got his hat on. You see the stubbly <laughs> shit on his head now.
1: When the song came out, it was like a ball sack. I don't need you to be naked now. It's not funny. You're never funny. He would not.
0: You think he'd want to see Benji naked now?
3: No, hmm. unless it's something, I don't know. He likes to make fun of fat people, so.
1: Maybe not with that.
5: This it's is a, a the breakup man. of a, a beautiful relationship. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I had a perception <laughs> of Artie. They're I mean, Artie's forced. pouring his heart out, and this idiot is taking his clothes off.
2: I'm, I'm trying really so to be, I, you know, I, what I said came out the wrong way. I'm trying to tell you, you say all the time, the most important thing in your life is his radio show. Yeah, Sim.
3: So, before uh, that Artie... Um, omission about Howard Benji he Fred uses Benji as kind of a crutch to not talk about what he knows in his heart is the real issue and Mm -hmm. the real issue is already being used by Howard go ahead Mm -hmm. Bob
4: yeah and and a lot of abusive relationships you know Uh, Fred seems to allude that he grew up in somewhat of an abusive home. Um, You have these people that sort of uh, smooth out the abuse that's going on. They're they're sort of the people that take the brunt of the dysfunction in certain relationships. And um, not, not saying like he's placating Howard, but they sort of they're trying to add levity. They're trying to smooth out the relationship. They're trying to. They, they see what's going on. They see they see the negativity that's happening. So they'll they'll try to make attempts to bring some levity or to smooth out, um, you know, certain dynamics that are happening. So I think that that's what's happening here.
3: Interesting that's- that you say that. So Robin apparently grew up in an abusive household. We don't believe the way it's said. But Fred, I do believe. And Robin mm-hmm. always digs in her heels when it comes to going for the controversy and digging in to more abuse, which she perpetuated the lie.
1: She mm-hmm. kept,
3: you know, amplifying the problem thus far, as we've seen but, during but this everybody... fight. But Fred is doing the opposite. Fred is going through that thing, like when your parents fight and you're like, but everything's Okay. Yeah, you know,
4: it's like the only child, middle child, youngest. I mean, everybody has a different role. So Fred probably had this role before and not 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 to go too deep on it. But I think they're trying to deflate the situation right now because they know what's happening. They know the seriousness of it and they know how Howard is.
3: Mm Yeah, yeah.
0: I think I think if anybody wants to draw a point of comparison, get the clip where Artie said he wants to buy a house, and her her, her and <laughs> Howard jump on him, and uh, Fred's the one going. Uh, I don't know. I think he's just being a little sensitive, you know, and he's trying to be. And he's just you know maybe you don't. Know, you're yeah. right. Just let them do their shit and get on yeah. with it. Meanwhile, no one reacts harder to Robin and Howard's ball busting than Fred. So it's ironic when he's not in the in the flow of things. All right. And it's
2: probably why. It's, no, it's my children in Bethel. Okay, I get that. Art. I understand. I, mean, I I know what you mean when you say that. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so wait, wait, wait,
3: wait, 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 Go but, You know what, Fillmore? Can you go back a touch?
0: I'll try. Uh, okay.
2: I, what I said came out the wrong way. I'm trying to tell you. You say all the time the most important thing in your life is this radio show, and it's probably why. It's, no, it's, my children
1: in Bethel. Okay,
2: I get that. Right. I understand. I, I know what you mean when you say that. Yes. You, know, but, but, but... <laughs> you mean you mean you don't? <laughs> you mean they're
5: not?
4: <laughs> yeah. So Fred, Fred's trying to deflect attention to to calm everything down. Yeah. <laughs> Howard says his complete lie and Artie goes, Yeah, I know what you mean when you say that. Okay, so what is he what's Artie saying? He's saying you don't really mean that
3: <laughs> That's exactly right.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> ding ding ding. You don't give a fuck about your kids.
2: <laughs> Not really. So and it's probably why the show is what it is. It has become what it is. And it's probably I'm just why hurt. I'm I hurt. was a fan and I always wanted right. to be here and everything. I'm saying I understand that relationship you have with the show is more important than the relationship you have with me. And that's fine with me, but I'm saying don't pretend that's that That's not true. Yeah, but
0: uh, yeah, Sam.
3: Wait. So he's saying He I never realized this. He's saying the relationship you have with the show this is why I understand you're treating me the way you're treating me because mm-hmm. the show comes first. So if you go with that logic, if the show comes first, that's why you have the relationship you do with Beth. And that's why you have the relationship you do with your children. It's an insult. It's a dig, but not so much a dig as it is a per- It's a perception that already has that this show comes first so this is why your relationships are what they are, period. And what,
0: and what Artie's not really—I don't think he's figured out exactly—it's not the show that's more more important to Howard. Howard's the most thing, <laughs> the most important thing to Howard, and the show is yes. just the the tool in which he becomes that how that the Howard that he believes he is. So the, he the really vehicle. doesn't. Yeah, exactly. At the, the right, the vehicle, the mode of whatever supply, right. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, and when you you touched on this in the last episode, I believe, and it's a little shorter. This one's gonna be a little longer, guys. Uh, but episode two, you discussed a little bit about how, um, he he, his already he knows Artie's value to the show, um, but that's, that you're that what he says, oh, you're important to me and you're important to the show, you really just means the latter. Yeah. Yeah.
4: He he means you're important. Yeah. He, he's not worried about Artie. He's important nope. about. You're on my team. You're the most valuable player. I need you to not fuck up. Mm -hmm.
3: So does Artie understand, since he's made this statement and we understand what that means in the narcissist and PD sense, does Artie understand what we understand, do you think?
4: Well, not not on as technical of a level, but... When you're around them long enough, you'll start to see what the dynamic is that they have with people. You'll start to see how things work, you know, and the the subtleties. I mean, it's not you're not going to miss it, especially when your job is is literally in line with this entire dynamic, which everybody Mm -hmm. in Howard's world is
0: right. Um, Intuitively, he he might know. But yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Yes, it is, Howard. Come that's on, that's not true. You're important to me because of it, and I show. don't care about that.
0: <laughs> that's it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Wow. laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: Don't fact, I wish I could be that passionate about a profession. Maybe I'd be more successful than I well, am. Why don't right
1: you now. admit you are comp- a, a passionate about this profession instead of hiding behind? Oh, I don't give a shit about. I anything. am. All I'm
2: saying is, if I knew a guy who was uh, w- when I was thinner, uh, an incredibly fat guy, and a chick wanted to come on as a fat fetish on the show, before
0: that that makes it all good <laughs> it's <laughs> a what? fat fetish but it's a it's, it's an arty fetish and a fat fetish okay that'll will wrap it up in a nice little bow Sam?
3: <laughs> what a cop out what a pussy yeah. cop out yeah, nonsensical totally. turd totally. yeah he's Fuck trying off. to
4: he's trying to take it another direction and actually already brought it back there hmm <laughs> mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which good on Artie because most people don't do that. Howard does that thing where he's like, "Look at the shiny thing! Look at the shiny thing! Look at the shiny thing!" And it's you're like... right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like a kid, like a kid in a crib crying.
3: No, fuck fucking, you.
4: He's stabbing you with the other
1: hand. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> About Artie, she's no. into Artie. No, 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 no. She's into fat guys. She's into fat no. Guys. She wasn't into Ganji. Ganji's a fat guy. Yeah, but Howard, you're. She said she's into fat guys. Listen, That's I didn't do I didn't into. sit and do a, a an analysis. Of a, if, I, if someone she was, you, if someone played, was okay. my friend,
2: if someone was my friend, I cared about well, the more not your friend. than the Clearly. radio
1: show. Yeah,
2: I would
3: pull him aside and go, listen, is
2: this going to bug
0: well, you. Yeah, Sam.
3: So I'm not your friend. So right away, this is. He's using that verbiage to cop out of the fact that he keeps drilling home. It's about a fat guy. And then Howard even says, I didn't analyze this chick. Well, then why the fuck are we doing this? Because I thought you were doing this for your bro. Wouldn't you analyze something if it were for your friend? If you thought this person was really into your friend, wouldn't you analyze it even in the slightest? You know, no, if
0: if you really cared. Yeah. Yeah. Like if your motives were actually genuine. Like if he, I mean, there, there is a way to get out of this, but Howard's not smart enough to really know how to do it without sounding like a complete usury fucking piece of shit.
3: Oh, by the way, this should be my PSA for if anyone thinks they're going to get away with any sort of shit with me, not even a fucking chance in no. hell.
1: <laughs> yeah. I yeah. do everything just right. No,
3: dude, no, I'm not I, saying know I know I it's do a everything bit.
1: Everything right. I know it's a bit, but you know what? Behind the bit, I know.
0: I, okay, right there. I know it's a bit. I know it's a bit. Meaning, there's no, there's nothing. It was never intended to be serious. It was always intended to be some bullshit. Mm-hmm. I but, mean, but,
4: in plain sight there.
0: That just came out of him. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, Sam.
3: But we're skating on that non-reality and reality, what, mm-hmm. and we're treading that you know the upside down and reality. Pick one. So you either know what's happening or you don't and you can't do both you can't pick the fact that you know this is a bit or you're just some you know wayward helpful bro it's just like you can't do both
1: so many of these people almost all of them that we see are so poor and they are so black and this is going to raise lots of questions for people who are They're watching so the story black. unfold. So black.
5: If they had been less black,
1: would
5: cause as many problems. Halle Berry would have survived. Right. <laughs> Why couldn't we have a, a town full of Halle Berry? Look <laughs> at our goddamn black man.